Hello fellow homebrewers, JP here, and I want to introduce to you the brand new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Series available at More Beer. More Beer sells the highest standard in homebrewing equipment, and the Brewbuilt Conicals are just that. They're made from mere polished 304 stainless steel, and they come with loads of features that you and I have been looking for. They have a full 2-inch bottom dump valve, which will eliminate your clogging issues, while the sturdy base includes four reinforced legs, just like those big pro tanks do. More Beer also carries the Brewbuilt line of options and add like casters, pressure kits, and even external glycol chillers. So you can find out more about the new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Uni Tanks by going over to morebeer.com for detailed videos on the entire line of Brewbuilt Conicals. You can trust Brewbuilt with your next fermentation, and you can trust More Beer to find the right conical for you. Brewbuilt at morebeer.com. Home brewers, craft brewers, beer lovers, beer drinkers. Get ready for an all-new experience in information exchange and beer culture. Your only source, only source for live beer radio that brings expert brewers from around the globe right to your home. You're not just listening to broadcasters. It's the Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Sunday, October 9th, it's the Brewing Network show, and John is barely alive. <laughs> Good cup uh, of coffee here. Hey. I was surprised you left so early this morning. Man, we got up 9-ish and got over there, and you were got long gone. I was gone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I the hell out of there. You look all right, John. I appreciate it. I'm lying. <laughs> <laughs> you look terrible, man. Yeah, I do. I do. <laughs> My voice is dropped. I can't talk. Yeah. You look like me after well, the Portland yeah. show. Uh, I wasn't hung over, but I drank a fair amount of stout last night with you. So Yeah, we did. Uh, we had a good time. What we're talking about is uh, the brewcasters here, Doc, myself, John, all went to the uh, NorCal Homebrew Festival this weekend. And uh, also our guest today, Peter from Bison Brewery, uh, he was there. And um, we had ourselves a good old time. So we're going to give you a little rundown of that uh, in, a, in a minute. But, uh, yes. yeah, that's the deal. Hey, you, ever, you know, I just realized our intro says, like, expert brewers from around the globe. California. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, unless you count our listeners who call in, some of those are experts, and, and they call in from around the globe, but not, uh, we haven't exactly had, like, you know, anybody outside of California on the show. Uh, yeah, that was, I mean, as far as even we've got booked is, is maybe John Mayer, and he's in Oregon, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I should change our intro. Expert brewers from around the West Coast. <laughs> he should. Well, where have you been in your life? Yeah. You know? You've traveled, huh? That's true. Have you ever been outside of uh, California? I, I've never lived outside California. But you've, you've been there. Yeah, I've been there. Okay, so, so he's, he's well-traveled. He's an around-the-globe brewer. <laughs> <laughs> How about that? Slide that one in there. Today's show, uh, we're going to be talking about adjuncts a little bit later on. Uh, and uh, Peter here from Bison, they brew uh, lots of beers with, with adjuncts added to them. So kind of the perfect guest, I think, for that show. And in particular, they just won, uh, was it Silver? That's correct. We got a silver medal uh, in the, actually, it wasn't in the chocolate beer category. It was in the foreign extra stout category at the okay. Great American Beer Festival. So For your chocolate stout, though? Correct. Okay. Yeah, it was in there. We wanted it to battle out against the uh, the rest of the stouts and not try and stick it in some niche category with only a couple entries. Yeah, absolutely. So. That's awesome. 
All right, cool. So we'll be talking about how you got that to be uh, so tasty. And then several other ones, too. I'm trying to remember if I saw a pumpkin beer on, on your menu. We There used to be a pumpkin beer years ago at Bison. Okay. But uh, we're talking about possibly bringing that back for next year. Uh, okay. It's a little late this year. Our, our seasonal right now is a honey basil, and that's going to take the uh, the specialty skew instead of the, the pumpkin beer. Okay. So And we already do a spice ale. So. All right, cool. Yeah. All right, good. So we're going to get some good discussion about that. Uh, John and you know you don't you don't do many adjunct beers yeah. anyway, do you? I'm like barley hops, water, yeast, yeah, yeah. and coffee right now. Coffee. <laughs> John's uh, sorting out the coffee. I'm going to blend his beer later with this. So. <laughs> That's a good idea, yeah. actually. Coffee stout. Mm-hmm. What was the stout we finished off the night with? It was just a regular nitro stout, wasn't it? Yeah, it was an English stout. Yeah, yeah. it was an American. It was on nitrogen. It was really good. Yeah, it was good and clean. Yeah. Where, where'd you find that? You it had was, it too. Did I? Yeah. yeah <laughs> after four shots of bourbon. Uh, Jim, Jim, one of the organizers of the festival, had brewed it. It was in the tent right next to uh, the B3 tent. So okay. Oh, is that where we yeah. Same guy who brewed the schnapps. Okay. Or, or the, it wasn't schnapps. It was a... Uh, it, it made it a whiskey. It was a whiskey yeah. he had made, yeah, that you were drinking. That was yeah. homemade? Yeah. Oh, that was good. Yeah. Right on. yeah. I had no idea. You guys want to do the regular thing, the news in the top ten, or you want to start talking about the NCHF first? Uh, do the top ten. Yeah. You want to do all that stuff? All right. I got, I've only got a couple news stories today anyway. Um, they are good ones, though. Uh, a, a bit of an update of, of the Louisiana situation and, and people in New Orleans. Um, some of them are still being asked to leave their homes, um, you know, because of disease and flood water still being pumped out and things like that, and they're refusing to. And uh, this is just an interesting story I found about it. Um, Story goes that many stubborn New Orleans residents are refusing to leave their homes, and some are making clear their determination to stay in a style that could come only from the hard-drinking good-time city. Kurt Belton, a Department of Wildlife and Fisheries agent in charge of boats touring the city, uh, he told on Tuesday a story of a message found in a wine bottle drifting in floodwaters along Canal Street in the Entertainment District. And inside the bottle was a note that said, To whom it may concern... Please send immediately one ice-cold chest of Coors Light. I'm out at this time, down to wine. Some shrimp and oysters would also be appreciated. Thank you, said the note, which was signed and gave an address. Uh, Belton said the patrol then went to the home and found the author sitting on his front porch, who, uh, between sips of wine, told them he was staying and had enough wine to last a, uh, quite a few days. Uh, so the guy who found it said he was going to frame the note because it was pure New Orleans. The emergency official said that of the 15 to 20 people his patrol encountered in homes on Monday, only one agreed to leave. And uh, he said that there's just a ton of people still out there. He said they don't want to come, and the main reason they're giving us is their pets, he said. And he also said that that's crazy. Although, crazy. I wouldn't have left my pet either. No. I'd sit right there on the roof with her. Yeah, drinking, drinking your beer. <laughs> drinking my beer and wine. I also might have done the message in a bottle, too, if I was out of beer. Yeah, you I, would, but I you wanna... wouldn't ask for Coors Light. <laughs> no, I wouldn't, because there's plenty of water around already, right? You don't need to ask for more of that. Uh, but, yeah, drinking wine for days on end. But I did see, you know, a lot of the pictures on the news of these these pets just literally sitting on roofs, nowhere to go. And, and, and of all the evacuations, pets were not allowed to come. And even in the emergency rescues afterward, uh, if an, uh, uh, you know, a resident was sitting there with their pet, they would not take the pet. Wow. You know, they just, they had nowhere to put them. And I, I don't think I'd leave my dog either. No. Cause they don't, you know, it's just so sad. Like they don't know what's happening. They're just yeah. sitting on a roof. They can't like figure out that you had to leave. Yeah. There's all they know is that you're not there and they're on a friggin' roof. <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's bad news. So I think that's perfectly good reason to stay. Yeah. 
All right. And then for Daniela, uh, my next story is a little info about the Oktoberfest. Why are you angry at me? What's wrong with you? (laughs) Daniela had all this Oktoberfest information to give us last week, and I apparently never gave her the chance to give it. So now I've got the information this week. Uh, It's the post-Oktoberfest information. As you all know, it's a... Just a huge event, and the amount of people there is staggering. The two-week Oktoberfest drew to a close uh, last just this past Monday, and organizers said more people visited this year, but they drank less beer than in 2004. Uh, director, I don't know if it's Gabrielle, I think it's Gabrielle Weishappel, said some 6.1 million people came to the 172nd uh, edition of the world's biggest beer, beer drinking festival, uh, which is up from last year's 5.9 million. Wow. So 6.1 million people under those tents. Danielle, how big of All a stretch drinking. are we? Like, what's the space that we're talking here? Can you give her the microphone, John? Yeah. Are we, uh, is it like two blocks? Is it a mile? What's the amount of? It's not a mile. It's like, I don't know, you guys would probably measure in like football fields. I would say probably like Six football fields or so, maybe. It's pretty big space, but okay. you know, you have also over two weeks to have all those six point one yeah, one million. Still, in there. That's well, it's a lot of people, and it's finally it's raising again. You know, the numbers of people who come. How, How much many, beer did they drink? Um, let's see. Well, first the the fest ran for seventeen days this year, which is one longer yeah. than usual. It ran into Monday, which was the annual Unity Day holiday, Great. which I think is the holiday that celebrates. Um, Unity. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's it actually celebrates when Knight Rider did his singing at the at the at the wall. His name down, is right? David Hasselhoff. Oh, sorry. Uh, that's the Unity Day is actually the David Hasselhoff Day because he he's big in the Germany. Yeah, he's huge, so that's what they're celebrating. Um, Fuck you. <laughs> Weishoppel said this year's uh, visitors downed nearly 13 million pints of beer. Which is a drop of about 5% from last year. It's a drop? Really? Yeah. 13 wow. million pints, a drop from last year. However, partygoers washed down more food this time. Um, the number of roast oxen rising to 95 from 89. The festival director said about 70% of this year's visitors came from Munich and elsewhere in Bavaria, with 15% each coming from the rest of Germany and abroad. So, that's awesome. Yeah, so lots of people there this year, but less drinking. No, that's a pri- maybe it's the beer prices, though. You know, like almost eight dollars for an, a full liter. That's just crazy. Yeah, that's yeah, true. Well. So there you go. That's the news this week. There wasn't much else exciting going on in the world of beer, unless you wanted reports about which beer companies buying the other beer companies. I can always find that crap. Always stuff happening at Coors and in Europe with, uh, um, I guess it's Molson Coors. They're always moving shit around. Yeah. But that's that's boring, so I don't remember. How, how do you prepare as a brewer, f- you know, 15 million drinks? Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> This guy's. Yeah, I, mean, I w- yeah, how, I wonder how long. Like, are they starting to brew right now for next year's fest? So you have to. Yeah, it must it must be something like that. Probably re- they're taking a week off and then they gotta. We should do the math, like figure out how many gallons. Yeah, that's a lot. That's yeah. a ton of beer. I don't, I don't think you could do the math right now, uh, could you? No. Pause. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've had some cool listeners this week I'm going to tell you guys about too Alright, uh, top ten list I mentioned this one last week It's been around for a while But maybe some of you hadn't heard it uh, I've not read it on the air But it, I just, I've seen it around the internet It's the top ten reasons why beer is better than religion Have you heard this one, Doc? You ever seen uh, this list? Yeah, so not, uh, probably some of them are different but yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Okay, and I just want to give a disclaimer. I, I'm I'm neither for nor against. I don't you know whatever you believe, and it's it's just humor here, <laughs> yeah, folks. It's just funny. All right, take there it too go. seriously. <laughs> <laughs> All right, number ten of the top ten reasons why beer is better than religion. No one will kill you for not drinking beer. Number nine, beer doesn't tell you how to have sex. It helps you. Although sometimes it dictates it, doesn't <laughs> yeah, it? It doesn't tell you when not to. Yeah. Yeah. ugly people uh, have sex. Number eight, beer has never caused a major war. That's true. Uh, number seven, they don't force beer on minors who can't think for themselves. <laughs> That's true. Although sometimes I think it was forced on me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, early yeah. Shut up, son. Get drink. Yeah. Number six, when you have a beer, you don't knock on people's doors trying to give it away. <laughs> Number five, nobody's ever been burned at the stake, hanged, or tortured over his brand of beer. Uh, although some people should be, maybe. Um, number four, you don't have to wait 2,000 years or more for a second beer. <laughs> oh, my God. I like that one. That's good. Um, <laughs> number three, there are laws saying beer labels can't lie to you. That's true. You're not allowed to lie in a beer label. Number two, uh, you can prove that you have a beer. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and number one, if you've devoted your life to beer, there are groups to help you stop. <laughs> There should be religious groups to help you stop. Maybe maybe not. All right, there you go. So that's the top ten reasons why beer is better than religion. And now on to the, our, our recap, uh, however fresh in John's memory it may be, the, uh, this year's NCHF, the NorCal Homebrewers Festival. And what this is, basically, uh, Northern, Ca- Northern California consists of anywhere from uh, around the Bay Area all the way up to the... The Oregon, Oregon border. We had some Oregon so. club. We had an Oregon club from Portland. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Okay. And uh, some Reno clubs. Some Reno club. Okay. So a little, it's a little triangle as you get closer up there yeah. with with Oregon, uh, Nevada, and California. So mm-hmm. you get groups like that, and uh, basically it's a it's an annual festival that they just you, you bring your home brews out. All these clubs come out. They bring you know whatever home brews they choose to bring. Uh, some of them should be choosier than they actually were. <laughs> yeah. And uh, they set up, uh, you know, these booths. It's, it's fairly small, but it's a good community of people. Yeah. Each club has a booth. How many How many uh, clubs do you know? I'd say like 15, 16 clubs. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely something like that. So it's not really, you know, it's not for commercial beer, although on the Friday night before the festival, they do have a big six-course meal, and commercial brewers will come in and pair their beers with that meal. So that's kind of cool. Each course, they get to uh, talk about a beer and pair it with that. Um, but then Saturday is pretty much dedicated to home brewers. They got some Mm -hmm. professionals in there to talk. John Mayer from Rogue. Um, I'll talk about him a little bit yeah. later. Uh, he was there speaking. Um, Sean O'Sullivan, who was on the show a couple of weeks ago from 21st, he was there speaking. Uh, Peter was supposed to, but they misdirected him and uh, <laughs> didn't know what time he was supposed to be there. Uh, so that was cool. You get that kind of stuff. And basically the other thing is you just kind of go around and, and you taste people's beer. And hopefully you get to talk to the brewer if you if you like that beer. And uh, I've got several observations for you guys from from this festival uh, because it's my first big homebrew type of event. Mm-hmm. Yes. All right, uh, I, I'm not a member of a club. Um, I've been to a couple of the Doe's meetings, so I see what's happening there. I've been to, uh, you know, you guys know the Oregon Beer Festival, but that's all commercial beer. That's totally different. Uh, yeah. But I've not been around that many homebrewers in a in a in an organized festival type setting before. So so for me, there's a lot of I- interesting things Please, sure. that go on. <laughs> uh, and 
I was inspired in several ways. I'll, I'll tell you that. Um, the first thing I was inspired about was to make better beer. Um, and also was I felt a lot better about my beer, having <laughs> tasted some of the yeah, stuff that people are pouring there. Uh, I'm just going to be honest, because that's what I do here. <laughs> there, I'm going to say 90% of what I drank. I won't go as far as to say the beer that was there, because I didn't taste everything. You came close. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I gave it a good effort. Yeah. <laughs> There's just some bad stuff there. Yeah. And... The only thing that bothers me about that, because uh, I've obviously brewed bad beer, and so has everybody else, is that they apparently have no idea. that. It, and I'm not just talking a little bit bad. I'm talking there's some fungus in there that, yeah. that is obviously there, and I'm not quite sure why you would bring that to a festival they don't know. and yeah. serve it, it to just, people. Yeah, that's just definitely some off flavors and some big-time problems. And Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Hate the yeasty I, beers. I, you know, they got to be polite because uh, the guy's serving it with a smile too. Yeah. yeah. Well, now and okay. So this is my other. Th- this is the thing that I didn't like most about the festival is not that they were pouring bad beer. It's that you're not really allowed to be honest and 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 kind of tell people what's what be- because they, you know, people take pride in their beer, mm-hmm. obviously. Yeah. But but I'm just not that way. I, I do take pride in my beer, but I. I'd rather you be honest with me about it in in every aspect of it than tell me it's good if it's not. But you can tell when you're talking to these people. Like there was one person that I said, um, you know, what's what's wrong with that? Because <laughs> I just couldn't take it anymore. I had gone through like three or four booths of of saying, oh yeah, great, got a um, dump bucket, yeah. And so finally, I just, this one was just obviously. Obviously infected. And I just, you know, hey, hey, what's wrong with that? In a nice way, right? I didn't say, oh, I, I didn't spit it out onto his lap. <laughs> onto him, yeah. <laughs> and he just kind of, well, what, what do you mean? What do you mean? And he yeah. really kind of tightened up. And, and so I realized you just, you, you can't do that. It's there. not the forum for that. that that's the kind of thing that you do, we do at, at the beer club. Yeah. Uh, people bring their beers in, you taste them, and you get feedback for it. Okay. But this festival is really not that kind of forum to be tearing down somebody's beer. Well, but no. you don't have to be. You know, I just mean you have to pretend that you like it. I wish and I, I don't really you. like pretending anything. Yeah. I just don't like it. It's it's uncomfortable, and I'm and frankly, I'm not good at it. I, I can tell that not. I'm speaking one thing, and my face is saying yeah. something else. <laughs> like as I'm drinking this guy's pretty beer, pretty obvious. Dude. <laughs> you suck. I'm terrible okay. at it. You know, so I didn't like that part. And if 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 I were to set up a booth there with my beer. I would put signs on it that said, uh, you know, honest people feedback. only, honest yeah. feedback right. only. Don't drink my beer if you want, you know, because to really encourage people to. That's how you're going to learn. To exactly, yeah. and I would want to know. And you know, for example, someone like you, John, or yeah. Doctor Scott, yeah. came up and drank my beer. Man, would I get some good feedback out yeah. of what was wrong with it? And and what a waste I think not to get that. So, so when I'm walking around with you, for example, Doc, and, and you and I said a couple of things in, in trying to be nice and, mm-hmm. and talk about what was happening. I got what you were hinting at, but they didn't. Yeah. I just think what a waste of a visitor like you tasting their beer because you really could have said, you know, I'm going to tell you, 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 if you do this next time, you're going to be golden. Yeah. And, and I just think that's kind of a waste because you could have helped out, but. But I guess you're right. It's not really a forum for that. I just find it hard to walk around and pretend. Um, mostly what I felt, you know, a lot of the off flavors and things, and most of the, the problems was, was fermentation temperature for most of these things. Okay. I mean, a lot of 
you know, fusel alcohols and a lot of yeah. a lot of esters that really shouldn't have been there. Yeah. Uh, even one of the um, one of the competition beers, because there was also a competition. Yeah. One of the um, what were the two, what were the two? The categories? Pilsner and the Stout. Okay, the one of the Pilsners uh, tasted like my um, extra special butter that I brewed yeah. <laughs> that one time. It was yeah. all diacetyl, and one of those man, I, it really was the same. It was all diacetyl. Uh, with that said, because I really I, I don't want to knock down all of those, I, I did some, enjoy was, some great beers. There's there a too. few that just shined. Yeah. yeah. So I don't want uh, any of our listeners to think that these are all bad brewers. I, I drank some really good stuff, and I met some really cool people. Um, one that sticks out of my head right now is that raspberry brown uh, ale that yeah, that, uh, was interesting. that I had. I thought it was an interesting conversation, uh, combination to to do a yeah. brown and then put in an adjunct uh, like raspberry. And he just did it so clean you know and how he balanced. I couldn't. Uh, he wasn't there, and nobody in the booth knew who brewed it anyway. Oh, that was true. kind of the other thing. If you went to your booth, the Doe's booth, yeah. uh, y'all knew who brewed what. Yeah. Uh, now, you, of course, you didn't have fifteen different brewers. It, you only had what three of yours beer there for. Four or five. Four or five. Or five, five yeah. Okay. So we, we had fifteen beers going. So if people had questions to ask, they could get to you. But a lot of right. the other booths, you couldn't. I, I didn't. Get, I think I got to only one of the brewers. And that was the guy that I pissed off by saying, what's wrong uh, with that? Uh. <laughs> uh, but what are you going to do? But uh, so, um, you know, with that said about the bad beer, it was a great festival and a good time. And I, I did like a lot of the other qualities, which was getting to mingle with, with brewers in general mm-hmm. uh, who are an interesting uh, breed in themselves. Uh, did some arm wrestling with John at an arm <laughs> wrestling competition there. Sore, man. Yeah, I'm a little sore myself. It's really bad today. Yeah, we're out of shape, man. Yeah. <laughs> I had to switch from my, my beer drinking hand my right hand. I had to hold my glass on my left for a couple hours after the arm wrestling because my right one was all weak and shaky. John, you put up a good fight. I did. I think you threw the match in the end, though. I don't. I think you let me win. What's yeah. that? I think you let me win. I don't. I think you no, threw it. No, you, you kicked my ass. Really? Square, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, gave, I, I was fighting you. Yeah, you put up a good fight. It was funny. He was yelling at me. <laughs> yeah. For those of you who think that John's Mr. Nice Guy all the time, <laughs> oh, hey, you put a couple beers in this kid and get him around his element, which is the brew community. John's really comfortable in there because he knows what he's doing and he knows a lot of those guys. And because he works for B3, so you know they deal with him. Man, you put him there, he's a different cat. He, talk, he, he talks shit. Boy. Oh, yeah. He's yelling at everybody. <laughs> I was yelling at you all day. Man. Oh, man. Every time I look at him, he's giving me the finger. <laughs> Did you like that? You know? Walk up. And and he's you know he's pointing out people he's like hey that guy over there he's a dick <laughs> and I'm like John <laughs> what's happening with you man oh, wow I like that it was, uh, it's John's you a different gotta let guy. it out sometimes man he's singing songs later at, at night around the campfire and he just starts yelling during <laughs> them he's got a lot of pent up anger in this guy uh, you know that went over well too like, <laughs> stupid song yeah yeah. Uh, cause John's got, he's in retail at the shop and he's gotta be nice to all those people who come in there and let's face it, they're not all the most brilliant people on the planet. No. And, uh, so. A lot of people to deal with, you know? Yeah, so man, does it come out of John? <laughs> that <laughs> anger just seeps <laughs> out. People suck, you know? Yeah. Very pent yeah. up. Yeah. Uh, but I recommend going to these kind of festivals. I recommend really getting involved in the homebrew community. Um, the the panel of speakers uh, got a lot of good questions from the people that were hanging out there about how to do different things and different styles. Um, you can get a lot out of it. And, and even if it's just going around and tasting both good and bad beer, you get a lot out of that, you yeah, know. Sure. Um, like I said, I, I really was inspired to, to brew better beer and to, you know, pay more attention. Um, uh, cause you know, you just, it's, 
man, when you taste somebody's good homebrew, yeah. you just like that's great. This guy made this, and it's and it's good. It's really good. And I would and I'd pick that up off the shelf before before half of the commercial brews I've ever had. Yeah. And that is what I really like about about going to that kind of thing. Like when I found a really good beer, I went out on my way. And be like, hey, well done, man. This yeah. is very, yeah. very good. Yeah. Just look them in the eye and say cheers. You know? Right. Absolutely. So get involved in those kind of things because they're also hard to organize. We talked to the organizers at the end of the night. Uh, that's who we ended up drinking yeah. with. At What's midnight. it called? It's called, they call it the Dead, Jim, the dead Palate yeah. Society, Jim which is Fortes, yeah. after you've been drinking all day, uh, you, you go back down at like 11, 12, and, <laughs> you, and you, whoever's left is still pouring. You drink with them. And that we did. And that yes. we did. Uh, so we're talking to those organizers. That's who we're hanging out with. And there's like eight of them, just eight of them who organize that, a big event like that. And uh, and it takes them all year to do. And my point in saying that is, if you see these things coming up and you have some time, offer your help because uh, not only do they do they need it, but I guarantee it's rewarding. Sure. I mean, I'm I'm going to try to help them out next year. And I think the Brewing Network is m- maybe get a booth there, and you we're should. gonna we're gonna record a show from there. I think, and yeah. maybe do a little beer Jeopardy up on the stage they had set up, and just oh, get yeah. people involved like that. that and I just recommend everybody kind of do that because uh, it helps the brew community. We should rent one of those dump tanks. Oh, that's a good idea. Dump the brewer? Yeah, brewcaster. <laughs> yeah. Why'd you point at me? I got asked to be me all the time. Um, meeting listeners out there was awesome, yeah, too. Yeah, we ran um, into quite a few. IPA guy, whose name is Guy. Yeah. Uh, is a cool guy, by the way. <laughs> uh, <laughs> met him out there. He was real nice. Um, met Warren out there, and Warren gave us some of his beer, which yeah. we're going to try in a little while. Uh, gave us a Russian Imperial Stout. Yeah, good IPA on tap. Yeah. The Barf Club, they're called? Yeah, yeah. Bay Area, was it Bay Area Regional Fermenters? Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah. Barf. Barf. Um, <laughs> and he's like a, he's a grad student right now, spends his life in a lab, and wow. then, and then Sharp. brews when he's not in a lab. Really nice guy. Yeah. Not a lab type of guy. <laughs> you know? Which you expect to be like kind of hard to deal with and all that. He wasn't. Warren was very cool. Um, I apologize, I don't remember everybody's name, and, and that's just because I'm retarded. No, um, we, we, by the time we met everybody, we had been halfway around the circle. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So I bet we had 30 beers under our belt. Yeah, that's true. But I enjoy meeting listeners and, and, and getting feedback, and some of them don't have much to say except for cool, and, and boy, other ones got some things to say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Uh, which is fine, I like that, and um, Get alcohol and start talking. You know. Yeah, yeah. Most of the problems, like, you know, one guy, he, he and I don't interrupt because uh, I like to just let them get it out. He rattled off this whole list of problems. And I said, you know, uh, when was the last time you listened? And he's like, oh, the first show. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, we had all that fixed by the second show. You should give it another go. Yeah. And he's like, oh, oh, okay. Yeah, maybe I'll try it. It's a lot of yeah. effort. You think you just look again. <laughs> well, I knew that was going to happen. In, in failing in several aspects of the first show, uh, I, I, I knew that that was uh, going to be rough on, on listenership. And people don't like to give technological type of things a second chance because yeah. they figured hey it either works or it doesn't and and it didn't work <laughs> but now it does so what are you going to do well, we're back where we were yeah we feel better yeah <laughs> right back to it not working you yeah. Mean? yeah gone full circle <laughs> already yeah it's only been six months or so has it even been that long i don't know uh but yeah it seems that way so go to these things and it, it was awesome <laughs> to meet uh, listeners it was very cool so uh Please don't if you if you happen to ever see a brewing network shirt on somebody, um, go talk to them. Say what's up. Don't be shy. We, we're not. Uh, we want to talk to you and, and find out what's happening. And, 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 and Justin can talk. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm actually. I was talking to somebody about that who said, you know, your 
you seem to do well in front of people. Mm-hmm. And, and I said, yeah, I actually, I don't mind being in front of people. What I'm not too good at is the interpersonal thing. I don't like being one-on-one so often. See, I'm the opposite. Yeah, yeah, you are the opposite. Yeah. I have to try really hard. Uh, it's uncomfortable for me. Because I just feel like I have to entertain all the time. <laughs> and then when I'm entertaining Relax, just man. one person, I feel like I'm wearing a monkey suit. <laughs> it's all in your head. <laughs> it is. It's me. It's my psychological issues, but I'm just saying. I just had a picture of you in a monkey suit. <laughs> <laughs> I'd much rather just have a microphone and talk to everybody than just talk. Yeah. But with that said, I uh, I don't mean don't come talk to me because I like that. And it was it was cool to meet people. So um, is IPA guy hanging out in the chat room today? Dan, what is wrong with her? I'll ask Peter's in the chat room. You could tell me. He's is it, not. not None of the guys you just mentioned are in the chat room tonight. Oh. They're, they're, they're licking their wounds. Yeah. Probably what's what's so. your problem today, Danielle? You are my problem. <laughs> Why? <laughs> well, because you're telling me all those awesome stories about the beer festival, and I did not get to go, and I'm really upset. <laughs> well, you had to work. Well, <laughs> I'm upset about me having to work all the time and you getting to go to those awesome things. <laughs> it, it was work. <laughs> It was work. It was work. Absolutely. I know, Dr. Scott. Come on, you know these things are are work. Well, you got to drive in a Hummer, and I've never been in a Hummer. Yeah, I got to drive Dr. Scott's (laughs) Hummer. Awesome, really. And watch him fall off a cliff. (laughs) (laughs) He's backwards. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So the Hummer, uh, these things are, uh, you you know these things, they're huge on the outside. But when you sit in them, they're still friggin' huge. (laughs) And and so you you look out the window, and, and all you see is hood. And then in this particular case, Dr. Scott, and behind him, Forrest. And Dr. Scott's trying to guide me into this parking spot. I'm walking backwards. He's walking backwards. He's backing up. He's backing up. He's waving me in. And then he just disappears. (laughs) 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 He he just fell in a ditch. I can so imagine that. I fell fell in about a three-foot ditch. And I got to be honest, Doc, you know, kind of everyone around was like, oh, man, is he okay? I was in the Hummer laughing my ass off. (laughs) I I got up laughing. Uh, Oh, by the way, one guy is here. Warren is here. Okay, Warren. Warren says hi to you. You guys very hey, nice. Warren. Well, so and Warren's the guy whose beer we have oh that's awesome yeah. so do you guys promise me you're going to take me the next time in dr scott's hummer yes <laughs> yes <laughs> very good you gotta work they don't <laughs> thank you guys <laughs> well, I'm not, I'm thanks not, to you justin i don't yeah. want to take any more of this by the way time. fancy yeah, wants me right. to slap your face left and right so done with this who's slapping me fancy moo moo <laughs> <laughs> listener fancy moo moo I love that guy. See Moo Moo Pants. <laughs> is that a get on with it? Is that what he wants me to do? Just get on with the show or just no, slap just me anyway? Just in general. <laughs> All, right. All right. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back and taste Warren's Russian Imperial Stout. Does that sound cool. good to you guys? Oh, yeah. Uh, John, you gonna, is you going to hold up for that? you going to have a little taste? Yes, I'm going to. <laughs> I got one cup of coffee down. <laughs> All right, uh, I think two songs, and uh, then we'll be right back. It's the Brewing Network. We're here with Peter from Bison Brewery in Berkeley, California, and uh, it's the adjunct show. So right after this tasting we do, we're going to start talking about adjuncts. So get your questions ready. 888-401-BEER, and join us in the chat room. The Brewing Network. Saving your life, one beer at a time. All right, we're back. Gonna get on with the show, but we got a call to take right now, and I, I think it's Oz's. Uh, it's somebody who wants to to trash talk me as usual. <laughs> I think it's Oz's wife. So uh, let's see. Hello, you're on the air. Hello. Hi. Hi, this is Di. Hi, Di. How you going? Ah, uh, it's going all right. How are you doing? Good. You're, you're I only our. I talk to you. I hear you every week. You do? 
Yes. I thought just Oz uh, listened, but you do. You, you kind of have to because it's on I in the back. I have to, and several times a week I should let you know. <laughs> I get to listen to the replays. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, and is that a good thing for you, or, or is it torturous? Um, about the fifth or sixth time, it's torture. <laughs> I gotcha. <laughs> Uh, do you okay. encourage Oz's uh, commitment, or, or, or you think he should, uh, you know, get on with his life? Um, <laughs> uh, bit of both, actually. <laughs> well, I'm glad he doesn't get on with his life myself. I would like having him around. I bet you are. <laughs> He's very knowledgeable. Yes. Uh, okay, I'm ringing because I have a request. Okay. Some better music, please. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as in during the show or when the show's not on? As in during the show. That's the same music week after week. Yeah, I agree. Um, the playlists are tough to come by around here because... Uh, okay, so I, I thought I should let you know of a really good Australian band. Okay. It's not uh, Silver Chair, is it? No, no. They're called The Waifs. The Waifs? Yeah. And how do you... I s- gave John the name. I think I've heard The Waifs before, actually. Is it... They've toured the States with Bob Dylan for like 10 years. Oh, all right. Uh, how so do you... They're s- quite, they're much bigger there than they are here, unfortunately. Okay. Uh, I, I'm going to need you to email me a link to them or something. All right. I'll send you their website. Okay. And, and if I... Get onto some of their music for the show. What if I think they're crap? Do I still have to play them? Well, you'll have to play it in your blues show then. Oh, okay. <laughs> because that's the crap show. <laughs> 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 All right. I okay. could I could do that. That's fair enough. I, I'll, I'm happy to take requests. And I agree with you about the music. Uh, it's just expensive. To, All right, then. to get. Um, so if anybody wants to, uh, you know, illegally send me their music files, I'm happy to take them. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> right, well, I might do some of that because, like I said, having to hear it week after week, I'm, yeah. I'm sick of your playlist. <laughs> <laughs> As am I, Di. Uh, All righty. I appreciate your honesty. Thank you. Thanks for the call. Thank you, Dan. All right. Talk to you later. All right. Bye. Cheers, bye. You were begging for honesty earlier. <laughs> there I get it. Yeah. And by the way, you sound like a douchebag. <laughs> okay. Fancy just okay. promised us to send pictures of his wife because she's so hot. Is that right? Yeah, so we can expect something sweet there. <laughs> I wonder, is that how you tell what kind of mood Oz is in? Is whether he logs in as Oz or as in fancy moo moo pants? <laughs> and say, so you know, is if he's feeling playful or not? Well, he just kicked his wife out of the room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're not allowed to be here while I'm listening. That's funny. Uh, is Crotchrot in the chat room? Another listener, Crotchrot. I think he filmed today the Allgrain uh, video that he's been working on for you guys. I don't know if everybody knows about this. I think he'd probably have to uh, be involved in not only our forum but other ones he's posted in. He's working on an Allgrain video that he's going to um, stream. Um, he's he's not doing it live, obviously, because it would be a five-hour, six-hour stream. But he was supposed to record it today. Crotch, if you get a chance, call us up. Um, I'd like to know how the recording went and and see what's up with that. So uh, we're trying to help him out a little bit. Uh, we might give him some cash, and I'm supposed to send him some files that I got to do this week. Um, he sent me something; it's looking good. Nice. So I'm curious how the filming went. Find out how that goes. Um, good for us extract brewers just to to see it mm-hmm. and and to decide because I don't think everybody needs to move up to all grain, mm-hmm. uh, but you should decide that for yourself. We just found out uh, last week about a, a commercial brewery that does all extract. Yeah, aren't they booked? Yeah, Pacific Coast. Yeah. Are they ne- next week? Next week, yeah. Are you sure it's next week? I'm positive. And they're all extract. All extract. That's some, awesome. Some some mini mashing, but mostly extract. Yeah. There's okay. a there's a brew pub in Sacramento that does that too. It does that too. Yeah. How do you do Which that one? much? Oh, Hogshead. Hogshead. Yeah. It's a lot of extract. Uh, we we met them and saw their 
saw their whole setup. Yeah. Well, the quality of extract has increased so much yeah. from when it first came out when you'd got it in the can and it was right. not not ideal. Right. Uh, you can make good beers, especially if you're doing a partial mash. Like, I tell all my friends, if you can boil water, you can make good beer at home just right on your stove. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I agree. I don't think that, I mean, I think uh, that uh, I've had some great extract beers. I just never thought that I'd see a commercial extract beer. I think that was that blew me away. So uh, that'll be a good show next week. I just want, I want to talk about that. Uh, if you're just tuning in, we're here with Peter from Bison Brewery, and um, he's going to help us out with our adjunct discussion. Are you looking at pictures of, of Dai right I now? I am, and I just wanted to announce for everybody who is not logged onto the jet, chat room yet that yeah. Crotch actually posted some pics, th- pictures there already. So if oh, you is that, have those a are the li- pictures of yeah, the, of of the, the b- filming. It's actually totally awesome already. It looks really good. Okay, good. I think so that's, that's going to be nice video. work, actually. Cool. Yeah, Alright, so go to that link. If you're, if you're not in the chat room, go into the chat room, and this is where you get this kind of insider stuff out of the show. Uh, listeners communicating back and forth, posting pictures, making fun of each other. You don't want to miss out on all that. No. Alright, uh, let's get to some beer drinking here, huh, John? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Warren, uh, give us a call, 888-401-BEER. Um, gave me this yesterday at the show, so he didn't have to send it because he's a grad student and can't afford the $8 of postage. <laughs> so we were happy to pick it up from him in, in, uh, in person. It, tra- Although, it traveled better with us. Anyway. Yeah, it did. It was uh, upright and cold, and I almost forgot to grab it like I knew I would. I said to him during the day, you know, as I'm talking to him. I saw you him, look at him like, I don't want to carry this. Well, I just said, you know, yeah, don't give it to me now because I'll forget it. I just know me. And I'm telling you also I'm going to forget to come back and get it from you. So I'm telling you, you got to find me and give this to me. Well, I left. I left the festival, went up to the camp. He came and tracked us down because he heard us singing and stuff and, and handed it to me at like 1130. So I was uh, really glad he did there that. There was already a request in the chat room uh, for you to be singing the Beer Dork song. <laughs> it's not going to happen. We should do it. Uh, at the end, maybe at the end of the show, okay. we'll, we'll think about it. Uh, yeah, we were singing drunken songs and we made up one for, for John and Dr. Scott's beer club <laughs> that ended up uh, being um, very catchily titled the Doe's Beer Dork song. Uh, Everybody's singing along. Yeah. Every meeting now, Doc. I gotta sing so. that. <laughs> Meetings in session. Ready? <laughs> Make them all sing it. Yeah. All right. So what we've got here is Warren's Russian Imperial Stout, hmm. and um, let's. He, he's on the phone now, so let's find out what's going on with this before we taste it. Warren, you there? Uh, yeah, I can pose with him. Oh, you're not Warren. <laughs> you're calling at the wrong time, buddy. <laughs> yeah, you said call. <laughs> I meant, uh, yeah, you're right, I did. I forget about the delay. Now, I, now call back, though. Okay. Because <laughs> we're about to drink some beer. Call me back in All ten right. minutes. All right. All right, sounds good. <laughs> idiot. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm just kidding, Crush. <laughs> I'm the idiot, I didn't tell him to call. Now, Warren, the phone's not busy anymore. You call. 888-401-BEER, and we're going to take a drink. Did you guys taste it already? Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Someone called you a bad name. I did. Danielle is laughing at... Uh, <laughs> Link pictures over yeah. there. It's Oz's wife. Yeah, oh. I couldn't help. I, I I photoshopped it. Oh, it's this giant giant woman in a muumu and, and has a beard too, and her oh my her God. belly hangs no, that, past no, that's, the bottom that's, that's of her muumu. I know. And uh, <laughs> I photoshopped that in for him because you know I just had to. Yeah. yeah. And if you can see, if you look down below the dress, you can see the belly. But oh, it's disgusting. disgusting What's the link to that? Is it, is it long? Can I announce it on the air? Is it really long? Just go to the forum. Go to our forum and click on the beer radio thread, and then in listener picks, just go straight to page six. Although the whole <laughs> thing is hilarious, but on page six you'll find this picture. Is that Warren there? Okay. So let's see what's happening. Hey, Warren. 
Hey, Justin, how's it going? It's going great. How are you today? I'm doing all right. Are you hungover? Uh, no, I'm doing pretty well, considering the punishment that I went through over the weekend. Yeah, well, plus you didn't go back down to the dead poets society. Dead palettes. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I knew if I did that that uh, I probably wouldn't be making the call in for the show today. <laughs> right. I thought about the same thing, that I need to be prepared for the show, so I thought maybe I shouldn't go. But that only lasted for about seven seconds. Yeah. <laughs> and then I was like, come on, let's go. <laughs> you guys are hardcore. Yeah, yeah we was... have to be. All right, so I've not it's tasted research. your beer yet. I've, I've taken a smell, and I'll tell you, I can already tell by smell, and it's definitely imperial. Right? Oh, yeah. Because you can yeah. it, you really tells you, yeah. taste the alcohol. And yeah. All right, I'm taking a taste here. It's All right, well, right off the bat, I like it. Yeah. I'll tell you that. It's a very clean beer. And I think that the smell of alcohol is actually stronger than the taste of alcohol, and that's a good thing because I think the roughest part about making a big beer like that is too much of that. Yeah, hiding it. Yeah. yeah, and I don't I don't get that out of this one. I think it's got a good flavor with that. What was your gravity on this beer? Um, that's what I was going to ask you about, if you guys got the recipe mm-hmm, or not. Mm-hmm. I, I can look it up real quick. Um, yeah, well, I got it here somewhere. Okay. Mm. Oh, yeah, you got it, Doc, right? And I do. Okay, there you go. Um, what do you I, think, uh, John, about the flavor before we get, while he's reading it's that? It's really clean. It's yeah. malty. It's got like a, a fruity cherryness going on in it. Yeah. Um, I think it's from a clean yeast pitch, you know. Okay. It's a little sweet for my taste. Is it? It is an imperial, so I mean. Yeah, it's, that's, it's bordering barley wine flavor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it is it, a barley winey. And actually the color is barley winey too. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's definitely a, uh, although I can never tell our, our studio lighting's pretty bad. The color? Do, do, are you sure the color is barley wine color? I think so. Uh, well, um, no. You don't think so? I think it's a little burgundy-ish. It's darker. It's not jet black though, like I yeah. would expect a wrist to be. Oh really? Yeah. It says RIS on the cap, right? Oh yeah. Oh okay. Yeah. <laughs> RIS. I'm holding the cap. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, in my uh, in my glass here. It looks pretty dark. It could be me in the studio. Plus, I'm stupid. <laughs> well, I understand that uh, that uh, traditionally Russian imperial stouts weren't as dark as they are now on the West Coast, at least. Okay. So it's um, I don't know how much leeway you have in that. How old is this? Uh, this is a little over a year old. I brewed it in uh, August of last year. Yeah, it's very good, man. Well done. Yeah, I think it's good too. Do you remember what your primary fermentation temperature was? Yeah, I got all that information here. I think, um, let me see where this is. I've got it in a little bit of a different printout than I normally use. Um, hey, what are you a grad student for? Are you like a like a nuclear chemist or something? No, no. Actually, I'm uh, I'm uh, in the uh, Department of Viticulture and Enology at UC Davis. Okay. And uh, I study wine yeast. Nice. So... Yeah, and it, you know, a lot of it relates to brewing yeast as well. Right, right. Um, mostly it's genetics though, so. Okay. It doesn't, uh, doesn't, you know, do that much for me in brewing, other than just knowing how to grow yeast really well. So you couldn't, like, clone my dog for me or anything? Well, you know, um, not with the facilities that I have, you know, and right. um, with yeast. <laughs> yeah. It's my little yeast dog. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, did you get that fermentation temperature there? Yeah, I got it here. It's um, the primary was done at sixty-eight, and uh, for about fourteen days, and it was pretty much done at that point. Um, as much as it looked like it was going to drop, and then I warmed it up a little to try to try to get it to ferment out a little bit more. It stopped short of the uh, final gravity that I thought I would get. Um, but uh, especially using the yeast I used, I used a um, dry English ale yeast from White Labs. Hmm. Yeah, which is a really strong fermenter, and usually 
pulls the uh, final gravity down quite a bit. But uh, this particular time, it um, stopped at uh, around five and a half Plato. So okay, from uh, going down from eighteen and a half Plato. Gotcha. I think it's good, Doc. What do you got to say? Um, I like it. Yeah. It's it's a good beer all the way around. Yeah, I'd like to taste it on nitrogen. Yeah, it's got no head. Oh, yeah. really? Probably old and yeah. oxidized. Yeah, yeah. The, so. it, it's basically kind of flat. You can taste it. It's really low. It, I don't think it's at the two and a half volumes that you that you have down here. Uh-huh. I bet it's one point eight, something yeah. like that. Which for this. It's fine. Yeah, actually, I don't mind the carbonation level. I think uh, that's it, it still tastes good. I just, uh, when you mentioned the nitro, I, I'd like to see that, too, just to get a little creamy head on the top mm. there. Yeah, you know, carbonation is one of those things that uh, I actually carbonated the bottles with adding uh, uh, dextrose to the bottles. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that's one of the things I've had a little bit of a problem with because I usually mix it in like uh, the keg. And... Um, I just kind of look into the keg and estimate about what the volume is there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, you know, when I dose it with the sugar, it could be plus or minus a few, right. uh, you know, a few tenths of a volume of carbonation. Sure. Yeah, it can easily do that. You know, I always had trouble with the, with the natural carbonation, too. Although I've talked to other people who say, you know, I've never had a problem. I love doing it that way. I don't even want to force carbonate. But me, it was just so inconsistent. You know, I'd, it was either, you know, half flat or, or it was a gusher or, I mean, I only had a, I had a few that, that came out just fine, but I'm just saying in general, I didn't like having brewed a good beer and then screw it up with, with bad carbonation because I was doing the, the natural carbonation. I like the force thing, you know. Well, you can't <laughs> like really the force the issue. <laughs> like the, like, yeah. yeah, you do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That and I'm not patient enough anymore to wait for that stuff to do its own work. I'm, I'm doing that method that you guys show me now where I'm, you know, cranking up the CO2 and shaking, shaking that it, sucker yeah. for five minutes. Just have a beer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Straight out of the fermenter, uh, 60 degrees. Huh? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I've lost all patience. <laughs> Wait, the force the seems easier to control, but, um, you know, because you can dial it up or dial it down, you know, uh, whereas when you're a bottle, you're kind of uh, stuck with what you added to the bottle. Yeah. Um, I've had actually some luck, though, that I had a couple of barley wines that didn't want to carbonate real well and actually going back lifting the caps and uh, shooting in another um, more attenuative strain of yeast, you know, that I grew up fresh and mm. and getting them to go to carbonation that way. Gotcha. How many gallons did you brew on this one? Uh, this one's just a five-gallon batch. And how much did, did you do a yeast starter and all that? Yeah. yeah how much I did. did you I pitch? Grew up, uh, let me see. It says uh, one liter, I think. But I'm growing in, in different conditions than most home brewers grow it. I grow it up, like, you know, in the lab and, oh, and in a shaker with high oxygen and all that. So. Nice. Wow. So you're getting some sweet starters. Yeah, it's usually, like, you know, comparable to the quality that uh, White Labs puts out. So. Okay. That's pretty nice. So what, what are you going to do when you don't have access to that lab anymore? <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got a stir plate that I got off of eBay a while back, and that's that's my backup if uh, I don't have access to the lab or something like that. That should do okay. Right. And you're back with the rest of us schleps, Warren. Yeah. <laughs> Are you a winemaker, too, then? Yeah, I do some winemaking also. Oh, I've got, uh, like, 20 gallons of Merlot from last year right now. and Nice. Uh, just kind of chilling until I can uh, get my Cabernet that I made this year done, and I want to do some blending with them. boy. Do you ferment at the lab, your wine? No, no, oh. I don't. I don't really do much of the stuff in the lab other than just growing up the yeast. I do everything at home. Nice. Now, you didn't go through the brew program at Davis there, did you? No. No, okay. And are you only a grad student there, or did you graduate from there as well? Uh, no, I went to Humboldt State University as undergraduate and then moved okay. to uh, uh, UC Davis for my graduate studies. All right. 
So there you go, folks. The future of yeast culturing we got on the phone right here. Exactly. You know, could be uh, he's going to brew his, he's going to brew a yeast dog for me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> naming a dog yeast. That's a great name for a dog. Come here, yeast. Come here, yeast. <laughs> Last name infection. Yeah. <laughs> I hope he doesn't get sick. Yeah. John. Yeah, exactly. My yeast. My dog yeast is sick. <laughs> John Mayer's dog name is Brewer. Yeah, I, uh, he, right. he mentioned that when he was uh, talking yesterday. That's a good name for a dog, too, Brewer. Well, there was somebody, their dog was in their booth. I think it was over by the Raspberry Porter, mm-hmm. yeah, or the Raspberry Brown, and, and yeah. their dog was named Porter. Is that right? Yeah. That's a great name also. There's a little white dog <laughs> named <laughs> Porter. <laughs> it was actually a chocolate lab. Was it? Yeah. yeah. That That's makes sense. Cool. Yeah. I was about a day away from getting a German Shepherd a few months ago, and I was going to name it Krausen. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good name. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it flows better than, say, like, Weinstefan. <laughs> Come here, Weinstefan. <laughs> Sit, Weinstefan. <laughs> That's great. Well, actually, the, the new goat that we got just a couple of weeks ago. I was, yeah, I got two. And, goats, and I was really, I, I was pushing for the name to name it Bach. <laughs> there you go. But Hang the, in there, Warren. I didn't but, forget about it. But the kids changed. Dr. It to Scott, why did you get two goats? Please explain that. What are you doing? I always wanted goats. For what? Actually, just because. They're cool. That's so awesome. Are you going to make goat cheese? No, no, no. These are just for So they just hang out in your house? Yeah, no, and, and the one was hanging out when I was brewing <laughs> until she found out that... Uh, you know, the, the mash drippings taste really good. Oh, yeah. Oh. So she's near licking everything, so yeah. I, I had to kick her out. Don't they, like, ram your kids and stuff? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, tell me about yeah, that. Yeah, the one is about the same size as my five-year-old, and he's walking with a little limp, and <laughs> I go, what happened? He goes, got butted. <laughs> <laughs> what were you doing I like that he him? didn't come <laughs> running crying and stuff. He's just like, I got butted. He's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. holding his side. Yeah. Goats. Yeah. Is it Bryson? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Bryson got butted. <laughs> yeah, but Bryson holds a goat by the horns, goes, hi. <laughs> yeah. Good goat. Nice. All right. Well, Warren, good work. I think that you've received less criticism than uh, we've ever given on your beer. So, oh, yeah. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you probably had some of the stuff at our booth yesterday, which I, yeah, I wish I could have brought something better this year. I had uh, kind of a lot of loud stuff going on lately and didn't have time to brew much. That's no more, excuse, so. Warren. <laughs> yeah. No, we had a couple good ones at your booth. I'm trying to remember. Yeah, yeah the, uh, the double IPA that I think you remarked about earlier in the show, that was my buddy Shane. He brewed that one, and that's, okay. uh, it was a really good double IPA. Mm-hmm. And it, now, he, uh, here's a good method you can tell people about. Your wife had a, a mini mash there that was called, a, what was it, Toaster Oven... Pale? Toaster oven brown. Brown, that's what it was. A toaster oven brown. And tell us how she did her mini mash with a toaster oven. Um, let's see. I wasn't around when she was doing this, but is she there? From, uh, no, she's no. gone. Okay. Um, but from what I understand, um, she took and heated up her um, water that she needed for the mini mash, and um, heated up a pan in the uh, toaster oven and yeah. uh, water. Like a casserole dish, right? Yeah, a casserole dish. Okay. Exactly. And heated up the uh, water in a saucepan on the stove and then, you know, to like a 160 or whatever she had it at. Yeah. And then threw in the crushed grains and everything into the saucepan. Then once the um, the casserole dish was heated up and the toaster oven was heated up to 150 or whatever she mashed at, yeah. she just went ahead and dumped all that stuff into the uh, 
or gently dumped it into the uh, casserole dish and then set it back in the toaster oven and let it, you know, sit there for half an hour, hour, whatever conversion time was. Yeah. And it, it holds the temperature really well, you know. And That's um, what I like about it. I think it's a great method for mini mash because of holding temperature. Yeah, I- and she gets away with it doing it in a toaster oven because she does three-gallon batches. Um, okay, you know, right. She can't, she can't, you know, lift a whole ton, so... She sticks with the smaller batches, and she typically gets tired of beers after about three gallons. So gotcha. <laughs> she she shoots for more variety and less volume. So. Now, is that three gallons in one sitting that she gets tired of? No. <laughs> no, that's over the course of the thing. It lasts her a little while. Gotcha. See, because when I do my mini mash, I got the bucket sitting on the counter for a half hour, right? I, I right. can't temp control that. So I just I like the idea. I might try it in the oven, in my oven, just so I can temp control. That's what I used to do. I used to do it in the oven. Yeah. And just keep the oven on whatever. Low, right? And you can grab, grab the two. Usually, just uh, the two spaghetti pots that we have. That you know how, mm-hmm. how many quarts yeah. those are, mm-hmm. and you can fit two of those on the lower rack, right? And it it, it keeps it almost steady. There's yeah. a homebrew in Sacramento who does that. I was always impressed by his ingenuity for yeah. using his oven yeah. to hold his mash temp. Yeah, it was great. I, I think it's a good idea. So that's that's actually one cool thing I learned from you guys, Warren, when I went over there. I just saw I saw the name of the beer on your list of beers, and I said, you know, why is that your toaster oven? And your wife's like, because oh, I made it in a toaster oven, dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh. there, was a, there was a little bit of confusion. A lot of people thought that she made her own grains by toasting them in the oven, and that oh, was right. the name, but uh, right. yeah. She explained it so much more ingenious than that. You could do right. a step mash in the oven. Yeah, just throw it in cold and right, raise and it then up. raise it up. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Why not? All kinds of good ideas. Well, this I think guy. if you throw all the water in there and stuff cold, I think you're gonna. It's gonna take you a while to go through all the temperature, and you're gonna do like yeah. a really long step. But uh, yeah, that's probably true. Just, yeah, just start it at the lower rest temp. My oven doesn't even have a front to it. Also, like heat's going out all through the house in that thing. Like we broke it off a year ago and never replaced it. <laughs> we got a lot of broken things in that kitchen. Yeah, we do. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks again, Warren, and good beer. Yeah, I think good uh, beer. Um, if if we don't, or if we rather get through all of Bison's beer here, we're going back to yours, man. Right. All right. Thanks. <laughs> so I appreciate. It. I'm glad you found me late last night. Yeah. Found us yeah, it was, uh, you were doing a hell of a job there singing around the campfire, carrying the tunes. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Yeah, I kind of wonder how many people we pissed off. Yeah. yeah. We were thinking that. I, I told Doc on the way home today, I don't think a lot of those clubs are going to like you guys so much next year because a lot of the songs that we were just making up as we went were all about, like, oh, Doze is so great, Doze always wins, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And we were all, dr- you know, you guys are drunk and happy to have won all those awards. And, and I'm thinking, man, th- these guys think you guys are pricks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And oh well, Flat tires in the morning. <laughs> what are you gonna do? Yeah. All right, Warren. Thanks again, buddy. Yeah, I appreciate you guys getting the chance to taste my beer and uh, keep cool. listening to the show. Thanks. Hey, keep Thanks sending, sending us beer. Yeah, if you got some other stuff you wants to try, we'll take it, man. Next time we meet. All right, sounds good. All right, bye. See you, Warren. All right, now you can call Crotch and tell us about how the video shoot went. So there you go, a good listener beer. That's awesome. We've had we've had other good listener beers we, too. We know they're out uh, there. That we just have said, you know, do this and then send it back because the beer's good. But check out one thing. But that was awesome. This one's awesome. Good stuff. Let's start drinking some bison brews. Doc, don't look at me like I'm a steak. What's wrong with you, man? Oh, and I was reading your shirt. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. <laughs> this new quiet doc. You're yeah. you're louder than you were last week. I like that. Yes, but yes. you're still uh, okay. Well, a couple decibels below. But a, you're normal. Well, I can ramp up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, and Justin, before uh, Crouch is going to call in, you want to see his wife? 
And what nice tattoo she got down there? Yeah, crotch wishes. That was his wife. (laughs) 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 Showing me naked pictures and tattoos under paintings. Photoshop whore. So, all right. So uh, (laughs) we're here with Peter from Bison Brewery. He's grabbing his beer for us, and uh, we're going to find out a little bit about their beers and and kind of mesh that in with our adjunct discussion. So, if you guys want to know, Doc, break down the adjunct classes for me, if you would. Like, what are we talking about when we say adjuncts? Uh, Help me out here, uh, John. Uh, Rice, Mm -hmm. corn, anything else you can get fermentables. Okay. All right. uh, you could probably push specialty grains into that to a point. Okay. But uh, we should probably just stick with rice and corn. Okay. Sugars. Like sugars. Right. Okay. Um, and spices. It's, okay. Adjuncts. Uh, anything else that you can throw in that isn't barley. We, that's can, we can lump it all together. How much can you talk about rice and corn? Right. That, right. That's what I'm trying to stretch it out. You know, just, okay. You can talk quite a bit about rice and corn, but... Yeah. Getting it into the beer board. and You're still retain listeners. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's the difference. Your Pilsner had corn in it, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, had, I had probably six pounds of, of flaked corn in there. Twenty gallon batch. Yeah. All right, so we're pouring one of these beers now. Uh, so it's almost anything that you throw in that's not the main four ingredients, right? Yeah. That, that you throw in for other flavors is an adjunct. Yeah, and to get uh, in order to get more more fermentable sugars okay. out of it. And the interesting thing about them is that there is some controversy about where to use them and when best to use them. And I don't think that there's a that there's a rule, no. but it's good to know what people do to get the most out of it. So if you're going for some fruity beers and things like that, and and that's why I'm glad we got Peter here because he can talk about where he uses it. Uh, it first, though, really quick. I got Crotch on the phone here, I think. Crotch, you there? Yeah. Hey, buddy. The idiot's calling back. (laughs) (laughs) No, my fault. Hey, how'd the shoot go today? Uh, Actually, we did it yesterday. Oh, okay. Um, We we got about half of it. Okay. Uh, A lot of the stuff we couldn't do. The 20% uh, chance of rain turned into 20% uh, that it was never going to go away. (laughs) Oh, gotcha. (laughs) Or 80% 80 that it was never going to go away. It it started around noon, Uh and it was still raining when it was dark out. Oh, no, you didn't so have we, we ended up packing up a lot of the electronics just to keep from frying them out, you know, and risking anything. But we got we got quite a bit of stuff up until about noon. Okay. And then we'll just go back next week and, and finish it up. Okay, cool. Awesome. Good work. So what's but your, yeah. have you got an ETA or are you still kind of up in the air with the... I'm still up in the air. I'm not rushing. I'm yeah. not rushing through it, but I'm going to try to get it done sometime by the end of November, have everything completed out. Okay. How long do you think the run time's going to be? Uh, I'm trying to keep it underneath an hour. Okay. Because a lot of the stuff you can you can cut out as quick explanation and maybe just a little, you know, actual shooting and stuff. But uh, I don't, I couldn't, I can't see stretching it more than forty five minutes to an hour. Yeah. Although I kind of like watching stuff boil, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like you could just <laughs> put the camera on that and and I could hang out and watch that for a while. <laughs> Send me the rough cuts and I'll just <laughs> check it out for you. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> uh, if you're just tuning in, what we're talking about here, um, Crotchrot, uh, one of our longtime listeners and a good guy uh, from Florida, is putting together an all-grain video that uh, he's going to make available uh, that he'll he'll stream it across the web. So he'll be notifying you about that through various uh, forums and, and possibly a, a website, uh, and we'll keep you up to date too. And you know, just kind of, and, and he's also going to set up a chat room 
that both uh, extract brewers can go in to ask questions, and also uh, all grainers will be there to answer questions nice. and yep. and kind of help out with the whole process, so that as you're watching the video, you can say what the hell is happening, and someone yep. will actually answer you. Yeah. So I think it's a great idea. Uh, we're wanting to do some video here. Uh, we've we've got that segment uh, set aside on our website. Just uh, got to get around to it. And uh, I think it's an, uh, just another good tool because, you know, for example, we sit around talking about different techniques and processes mm-hmm. in here. It'd be great if you could just go someplace and look at that technique yeah. so that, you know, it, it does help to hear it, obviously, but sometimes a, a little uh, People visual. Yeah. yeah. So I think yeah, it's a great well, idea. Up till now, there's been really nothing out there unless you want to go pop 20 bucks for the video and then find out the video stunk. Yeah, exactly. Um, You know, and and I'm one of these people, you know, I can read it and I can read it and I can read it. There's just something to be said about seeing it once. Just seeing it once and then you're going, I got it now. After reading it, then seeing it, you got it. Yeah. Yeah, And for me, I just like embracing new technology in in brewing also. So, like you said, rather than going out and buying a tape, you don't need to do that anymore. I mean, some people do, and that's fine too. But but in, embrace the internet and and that you can do these things all via the web. I got a friend. He canceled all his cable. You know, everybody's paying fifty bucks, sixty bucks a month for cable and stuff now. Canceled all of it. He watches every show he wanted to watch on cable, just like uh, about a half an hour after it airs. And all he does is he sit that sits down on his computer, does some searching, finds the program, downloads it, and watches it. Yep. Why not? Doesn't even need cable. You know. Of course, he's stealing it, but uh, what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, but it's, it's like this to me. It's the same as having like a, a DVR, these digital video recorders, a yeah. TiVo. You, know, you set the time, you record it, you watch it later. Same difference. Yeah. So anyway, I just like that you're doing it that way. That you're going to stream this thing instead of you know selling a DVD. You know what I mean? Right. Um, um, you know, it's. I may end up way down the road um, actually packaging like a instructional on how to build the equipment all the way through and you know now that you've got the equipment here's the video to go along with it but i mean that's way down the road i don't even have the finances for that right now but right, uh, right. that may be something that happens way down the road but right now i'm just looking at giving it away uh, right across the web yeah that's a good idea cool. that's what we try to give everything everything we can away and then just try to make up money later on you yeah, know what could right. help christian if you're really getting a bind sell your wife <laughs> Oh, my, my Photoshop whore? Yeah, seller. Yeah. Or even your real wife. I'm just saying, you need a quick 500 bucks? <laughs> I'm just, sometimes, right, Daniela? <laughs> She's giving me the finger now. Okay. What's that mean she in German? <laughs> All right, uh, Christian, thanks for the call, and uh, okay. keep up the good work. Thanks. All right, man, see you. Later. All right, what am I drinking right here of yours, Peter? This is our 15th anniversary red ale. Okay. Bison was started in 1989, and we uh, popped this out last year for our 15th anniversary. And this was actually my first influence with Bison. Before I actually went to work with them officially six months ago, I was consulting with them. Oh, okay. Helping them out with recipe formulations and process controls. And uh, this was what kind of came out. Did you just know somebody there, or how did you end up being a consultant for them? Dan Del Grande is the owner. He bought the company in 1997, and uh, I'm a graduate of the American Brewers Guild, and he's the engineering instructor there is how I originally met him. Gotcha. And I lived in Sacramento, so he was right down the road, so we ended up hanging out, grabbing a pint, and uh, just being fairly social. And then he said, you know, I could use some help on this stuff. So Hmm. it basically turned into like a one-year job interview, and when the spot opened up, he said, (laughs) you know, do you want to come and, and run the brew house for me? I said, yeah, sure. Nice. So, and uh, 
I know you're going to school now also as a grad student, correct? Right? Uh, but do you plan on, on being a brewer? Is this your, is this oh, going to yeah, be your gig? Absolutely. Okay. No, I'm tied in with Bison. This is, uh, this is my home. This is where, where I want to be. Cool. Uh, th- one of the main reasons for that is we're one of the few breweries in the country that does completely 100% certified organic beers. Okay. And that's something that both Dan and I always did in our personal life. We would buy organic vegetables and organic milk and, and we'd try and we'd live that lifestyle in our personal life. Right. And we were able actually to bring that to our professional life. Nice. Well, so what makes that in your beers 100% organic? It's all of the the grains we use, mm-hmm. most of the hops we use. They give us a, uh, the certifiers give us a little leeway on that. Okay. But um, all the the every ingredient that we put in there is grown organically. So no pesticides. Correct. No pesticides. No fertilizers. Mm-hmm. All sustainable mm-hmm. agriculture. Gotcha. Very nice. So. I imagine that the yeah you you must have trouble with the hops because. It, it's hard not to use pesticides on hops, isn't exactly. It? Yeah. And and here's the thing: last year, last year's hop uh, crop har- uh, hop harvest yeah. had no cascades that were of brewing quality. Oh, so you just couldn't get them. Gotcha. So they give us some play. We're allowed to use. Um, we have a five percent window by weight. Okay. And they'll make allowances like, if they don't grow, say, crystal hops organically, I can use crystal hops okay. as long as they don't exceed that five percent limit. Five percent per batch. You're saying per batch. Yeah. Okay, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. And by they, who are you talking about? The Department of Agriculture yeah, says this. Uh, USDA. Uh, we okay. use uh, the California Crop Improvement as our certifier. Okay. Um, so they go through and we get audits. I mean, just like as well as our ATF, making sure we're paying all our taxes and yeah, and they look at grain in and beer out and all of that stuff. In okay. addition to that, they'll come in and behind every one of my brew logs mm-hmm. in my in my folder that I keep. I have the invoice for all the grain that I bought. Gotcha. We have a, an additional checklist on our brew logs to say that the package is intact, mm-hmm. that there were no pests in there. Okay. Um, once you implement it, it's, it's pretty easy. It's just another thing to check off. It's just part of your process. But yeah, yeah. It, getting certified was a little tough. Now, when they certify you as organic, um, does that mean that they, that they can use zero pesticides, zero chemicals, zero hormones, or is there some... You know, it's just an amount that you're that you're not allowed to surpass. Because I've heard a lot of things in in food when people are talking about, you know, kind of be aware of what you're buying. That just because it says organic doesn't mean that they've never used a hormone in there. So I'm curious what this certification is for you. I'm not a hundred percent up to date on that, okay. but I know that there are some some advertising plays that are that are in the market right now. Uh-huh. If you see something that says made with organic ingredients, right, that's not the same. As okay. being certified organic, if it's got the USDA logo on it, yeah, all of our all of our products have the big logo on it, so everyone knows that we've gone through a, a rigorous process to get everything taken care of. Okay. If it's got the USDA logo on it, you can be you can be assured that that everything is uh, is up zero to snuff. chemical. Is yeah. that what it means? Okay, is it cost effective? It is more expensive, oh. but it's something that it, it's something that we're willing to 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 pay for. Sure. Why so. Why do you think that? Does it add value to your beer and flavor? I mean, is there well, that part of the problem is I, I see posts on reviews of beers, um, and in, in talking with homebrewers, like at the uh, the homebrewer convention and stuff, mm-hmm. to talk about you know I've never had a good organic beer, mm-hmm. and the malt that I'm getting is just fine. The hops that I'm getting are fine. Like I said, and, and oftentimes they're the same hops that other brewers are using, just right? Because I can't get them organically, mm-hmm. and the quality, especially for the grain, is fine. It's only the hops that it gets a little dicey and. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I can I can compensate for that. Right. 
That's nice. I actually so, I appreciate it. Yeah. So what kind of margin are we talking about? Could you give me an example? So if say for example the average brewer who's not going all organic, you know, it's costing them 25 cents to brew a beer. Is it 50 cents for you or is it 27 cents? Well, just ballpark it varies from beer to beer, but when I was working at a brew pub, my target goal per barrel was like I think we were 24 bucks. Okay. Right now my target is 45. Okay. Whoa. So you're talking double. Yeah, just about. Yeah. Double the cost to brew. So. That's a it's a hearty endeavor to decide, you know, to commit to. Oh yeah. Because it's hard to be a brew pub man. Or, or, or a micro brew, you know? Yeah. It's hard to get that stuff sold and wow, that's I actually but I appreciate that because I understand you mentioned when you're talking about this um uh, all sustainable uh land use mm-hmm. and there's a lot of controversy about this but Kind of some of the things they say is that, that with the amount of pesticides and chemicals being used to grow crops, that our land will be almost, and when I say our, the land in the United States will be almost completely um, unusable as far as nutrients and soil needed to grow things within like 20 to 50 years. So you're talking about within our lifetime, if things were to stay at the current trend in, in the use of pesticides and hormones, within our lifetime, almost all of the foods that you're eating will have been laboratory produced. Wow. Same vegetables. You'll still be eating vegetables and grains. That's not what I mean. Uh-huh. I just mean it won't be from natural things that were found in the ground like they are now or particularly like they were 50 years ago. Well, the best example I've heard of that is when you talk with a lot of these uh, community so- community supported agriculture groups. Mm-hmm. They talk about the, how how dirt is not just meant to be a substrate to hold up a plant. Yeah. It's actually supposed to nourish the plant. Right. And when you fertilize something, you actually sterilize all of the microorganisms that are in the soil, so it literally like there was one year where I I, I grow, I have a vegetable garden in my house. Okay. And I decided to uh, fertilize this one year for some reason. I fertilized once, and I had a horrible crop because once I fertilized, I killed all of the microflora that was in there. Oh, right. And that year was just an awful harvest for me. Yeah. But in subsequent years where I've built up the soil and I've developed the soil, I've had great, great results without using fertilizers. Okay. So, I mean, part of the thing is it's like the dirt is there to, to nourish the plant as yeah. opposed to just hold it up. Yeah, absolutely. So, And, it, well, and here's the thing, too. uh is that in in changing how we do things like going organic and, and not doing pesticides, it's actually some say too late anyway. Uh, what we would be doing is is at least adding some length to our soil. So if, so say instead of in fifty years, it might take two hundred years uh, for for the soil to be completely depleted, right? But but as far as like reversing it and it, say if we dropped all pesticides right now, would 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 our soil then you know? just remain fertile for the next, you know, well, eternity? Would, would no, it, it wouldn't. Would it fix itself, like, over time? Uh, it, there, it, it, I'm no expert, so I, I'm, I, you know, all I can say is there is a replenishment that happens when you, uh, you know, allow, uh, like like you're talking about, the flora and, and things to actually die there and go back into the soil. You put things back in, um, putting spent grain back in soil, for example, having a mulch box in your backyard, that does replenish soil. But with the amount of food that has to be produced to feed the the, the people on the planet, yeah. and, and that increases all the time, you couldn't ever, I think, really do it fast enough. That's true. So, I mean, you need lab food. Because we, we grow so much, we're, we're going to need lab food. But it doesn't mean that we shouldn't hold on to what we have as long as we possibly can. 
So uh, at the risk of sounding like a bleeding heart uh, hippie, I appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> well, well, we do we do make it in Berkeley, so we're used <laughs> yeah, to uh, exactly. Berkenstock wearing folks. Right. So I appreciate what you do. So there you go. Well, cool. um, okay. Uh, why don't we slam this one down and then uh, try since we're since we can get into the adjuncts, uh, try this award-winning stout. Can we do that? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, I didn't want to lay that one on you before I hit you with the red. Yeah, but. that's cool. I like the red, and that's a good place to start if it was your first contribution. Anyway, this is a good beer, by the way. And that's my that's my favorite one. I just Bison makes a lot of. Well, I'm going to call them strange beers, but we brew with a lot of unconventional ingredients. Mm. So this is the beer that I go to when I just want a beer. Right. Mm-hmm. So these these are your four main ingredients, beer right here? You have not added things? Is that what you said? No, and that's just water yeah. malt, yeah. hops, yeast, gotcha. done, where a lot of our beers, like the chocolate stout gets, mm. you know, cocoa powder in it. And one of our seasonals that I'll open for you in a minute is a honey basil ale. Nice. So the honey will roll right in with your, your adjunct show here. Okay, cool. And uh, our, our fall seasonal is a gingerbread ale, which is a, a, a brown porter that we've spiced up with a bunch of gingerbread spices. Nice. So. Cool. Like I said, right. when I want to go back to just beer, this is the one I go <laughs> This to. is the one yeah. you go. Yeah. I like that it's not too red in character, in flavor character, because I don't, I don't really like red beers. Mm-hmm. In fact, amber, like an amber ale is about my borderline getting into redness. And I buy a lot of, you know, I, I don't buy, I have bought a lot of red beers that I just, uh, it's just too, I don't know what it is. I don't know what, maybe you can help me, Doc. There's something about the character of that, of that red that's just, I don't know if it's too sweet or it makes it just kind of bland. But this one's all right because it doesn't go too far that way. Yeah, it's good. It's good. You filter it? Uh, yes, this one is filtered. Very good. So. All right, so okay. chocolate. Uh, stout cone. Yeah, and uh, tell us a little about uh, you know how you guys did this and, and your use of the chocolate. How long has it been brewed out of your out of bison? Uh, the chocolate stout, I think, was actually brewed before uh, Dan bought the company in '97. So this one, this beer's been around for a long time. Okay. And we've had a lot of beers come and go. Bison used to make a pale ale that's that we no longer uh, no longer package. Um, we've had several beers okay. that have been on the shelves, and this has been the one that stuck around. All right. And it's really starting to take off in terms of winning medals and and. Things of that nature, and you've um, changed the recipe or not? Um, not very much. We did some. We did some extensive brewing this summer. I fired up my homebrew system, and I think that it got as big a workout as, as it's ever gotten. Okay. Uh, in one month, I brewed fifteen five-gallon batches. Gotcha. And uh, we went through and just added chocolate in the mash, in the kettle, in the fermenter, in the secondary. I mean, different right. amounts, different kinds of chocolate to figure out how we could get a better flavor. Okay. So. Um, yeah, I mean, what? I don't know if you want me to just. Well, let me give a taste. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'd just like to say something about bison. When I first moved up here in '93, I tried to hit all the brew pubs in the Bay Area, and I hit bison, and wasn't really impressed. And it's come a long way. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's just leaps and bounds over what it was. Uh, and for a while, I would even look twice at a bison beer. Because of that experience, I was at the brew pub. And it just just wasn't wasn't what it should have been. And Doc's a hippie. Let's and face I, it. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's really back too. I mean. uh, so, uh, and I have started going back to trying them again. And it's like you say, you've got a lot of weird beers out there, and, and it's kind of nice to pick one of those and pull it apart and see you know, what's in there. And then now, now, I, now I get it firsthand of what the hell's in there. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's one thing that, that Dan and I really do a good job of. We both are not afraid to take some, like I said, some unconventional ingredient and, and brew with it. Yeah. And 
But at the same time, we both keep each other in check in terms of keeping the beers balanced, in terms of making sure that it's not a novelty beer, that it's a good beer. Yeah. On top of having a different twist to it. Right. Yeah. So. That's that's a good thing to have, and you need two people that are on the same page like that. Yeah. yeah. Especially when one can tell you if it sucks or not. <laughs> I like uh, it's def it's got a good chocolate flavor that to me is is balanced by the roastiness on yes, the other end of it. Very roasty. So you don't get uh you know cuz it it would end up too sweet I think if you But on the other it. hand if you get it too roasty it just comes across as kind of acrid and bitter. Correct. And, and it's a nice balance with the chocolate kind of pulls that back. Yeah, it's definitely we're, we're going for the the bittersweet character. We're mm-hmm. not I'm not trying to make a I mean it would work well as a dessert beer. I'll, I'll do stout floats with this beer all the time. Mm-hmm. I've uh, boiled it down to make a syrup and made ice cream out of it before. Wow. I mean, it's it's good it's good in that sense as well, but I mean, like I said earlier, this stout this whole year I've been entering it in the foreign extra category. Okay. So, I wanted to compete against regular stouts because I right. think it's it's like I say it's a good beer on its own. It doesn't have to be a novelty. So. Sure. And that's where you got the second was as a stout. Right? Correct. Okay. Correct. It was That was fantastic. Yeah. This was the first time I've ever been to the GABF. Okay. And it was the first time I've ever entered in the GABF. Okay. So this one, uh, it was, good it was work, a good man. trip. Yeah. Coming so. out of the box. Yeah. Congratulations. That's really cool. So, But this particular beer, I do have to uh, tip my hat. Like I said, it's been around before my time. This is, uh, this yeah. is uh, Dan's baby. So okay. I definitely right. tip my hat to him. In 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 terms of adjuncts, then can you talk to us about uh, you know how much chocolate, where you're putting this stuff in, and and why you decided that part of the process? And well, do, and do you have any trouble like with the oil content and the, and the chocolate with head retention? Exactly. Like we um, like I said, we did these extensive trials, and we found the best place to add it was actually in the bright tank, or in if you were to, as a homebrewer put it in a keg or in the secondary, okay. perhaps. And it we got some great, just big chocolate results from that. The only problem was we got an oil slick on the top of the beer. Mm-hmm. So we had zero head retention, which as a commercial brewer, aesthetics is a big part of it. I always think you drink with your eyes. It's got to look nice, and it's got to be inviting before you, you bring it up to your mouth. Yeah, you can't serve cloudy beer because nobody we'd – underst- we'd understand that, but most guys in your brew pub coming in trying to hand their girlfriend a cloudy beer, she's not going to drink it. Yeah. So so that was that was what we found was the uh, the best part. But what we actually do is uh, we add it in the mash, and that seems to keep behind enough of those oils, and after it goes through the boil and we, we draw off, it leaves behind enough of that that we can still get the flavor without getting those oils in there. And um, for – I actually – I sat down ahead of time to, to figure this out. Our usage rate is about six gr- – uh, let's see. It's about six grams per gallon mm-hmm. of whatever whatever batch length you're going to brew. Um, but when I, when I were, when we were making it at home, I was using as much as two ounces. Dry or liquid? Um, right now we're using cocoa powder. Mm. Um, not Dutch processed. Dutch processed tends to be a little more bitter. Mm -hmm. And, uh, just the regular cocoa powder gives a, a more chocolatey flavor to it. Um, but we've used everything from dark Scharfenberger chocolate Mm -hmm. to, uh, milk chocolate even. We, I think we actually did one batch with white chocolate as well. Oh, nice. Just, just to see what would happen. Yeah. So, uh, we found we got the best, we, we got the best flavor from the just Dutch, or excuse me, from the uh, regular cocoa powder. Okay. Um, if I were to do it, if I were brewing this at home, I would probably get like a, a bittersweet chocolate from whatever your local chocolate producer is mm-hmm. and, uh, break that up and throw it right in the keg. 
okay. put it in maybe a dry hot bag just to keep it make clean up a little easier. Gotcha. But just let it sit on that for a week or so, and that should put big chocolate flavor in your beer. Do you so you're not even doing it in any of the uh, brewing or fermentation process at all, just ba- just in the keg at the end, huh? Yeah. All right. Yeah. That's interesting. Do you it's add a dry hopper with chocolate. Yeah. Do you add it cold or hot? Uh, cold. Just chunk it up, uh, break it up into little pieces, and put it in your bag and stick it into there. I'm curious. Does it melt in there then? Like it what? gets kind of molten. Okay. <laughs> all right. It's it's not like. Uh, Plan on spending some time cleaning your keg after you do it. Put it that way. Gotcha. Yeah. Which is one of the reasons. Why, that's another reason why we don't do it in the brewery because our tanks are a lot bigger, so the mess is a lot bigger. Right. And I wonder why it doesn't just fall out of solution and end up at the bottom and then not having flavored your beer. You know what I mean? Well, it's in contact with it. I mean, you can say the same thing about hops. They yeah, fall to the bottom. Yeah, I guess so. So. Yeah, and it has oils that it's releasing too. So same as hops. I guess that makes sense. Then. Yeah. All right. I might throw a little chocolate. I throw chocolate in a Weizen. How about that? Why you don't drink that anyway? <laughs> yeah, that's why I throw chocolate in it. It's going to end up bad. A chocolate Weizen. <laughs> we went to a uh, short name. Shortly yeah. after doing all these trials, we went to a dinner actually at Sean's place at Twenty First Amendment. Where that was a beer and chocolate dinner. Oh yeah. Every course was different beers paired with chocolate, and there was chocolate in every right. every uh, dish that they produced. And I was just amazed. One of my favorite combinations was actually a triple with a bittersweet chocolate. Hmm. And I'd always thought chocolate goes with stout, chocolate goes with porter, some of these you know big rich beers that kind of have similar flavors. Yeah. And so I've actually been toying with the idea, well Dan, Dan has, we've been talking about toying with uh brewing a chocolate triple. Okay. Nice. So just tr- instead of pairing them on the pairing them next to each other, putting it all together. Yeah, why not? A chocolate triple. It's a good idea. <laughs> that sounds I, bizarre. I talked to Sean about awesome. when when we were in here about uh, I've always said that eating chocolate and beer Tastes awesome. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. People think I was a freak for that. But it's good. That's how I no, think you're stuff. a freak. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Among other things, I guess I yeah. should have said. Um, I got a question from the chat room for you. Um, do you brew all of your pilot brews on a homebrew system? Not all of them. Okay. I've been uh, I've been brewing for about six years now. I actually became the head brewer at my first job when I was 20 years old. Okay. And so... I explain to people it's a lot, it's a lot like cooking. I mean, anybody who's been homebrewing for a long time knows you don't use 20% black malt in a beer. Like, it would yeah. just be too much. Yeah. Like, same, you don't use fistfuls of salt when you're cooking. Right. So I have, I have an idea. If I'm doing something different, if I'm going to do something kind of odd, then I'll brew it at home and check it out and see how it goes. Okay. Um, but it's also hard because it's not... It's not linear in terms of scaling yeah. it up. I was going to say, gotcha. trouble scaling it up to that kind of volume. Yeah. Just so gives you an idea. It gives you an idea of where yeah. you need to go, but I mean, for the most part, you have an idea of how how things are going to turn out. Just because I've you know been, been doing it long enough that uh, you can put something together and it'll be saleable. Well, how, how often do you invent a new beer? I don't. I, I, I don't mean, know. Or, how often? Or how? Yeah, you, know, you got to want to pull something new <clears throat> on the shelf or come up with something. We do different stuff. I'll pull stuff from like my old home brewing archives when I was doing just different stuff at home when I'd get bored of pale ales and stouts and doing different stuff. So I'll go back into my old homebrew log and pull stuff out. Um, I will also like the Northern California Homebrewers Festival is a great source of inspiration for, mm. for professional brewers. I can go and talk with homebrewers and they're doing stuff I would never even think of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you can yeah. go and talk with them. I mean, I brewed a pumpkin beer at a brew pub that I worked at and the recipe was straight from a homebrewer. Gotcha. He came in and worked with me on the brew day, and we roasted like ninety pounds of whole pumpkins and put them in the mash. And wow. it was all—it it was straight from 
one of the homebrewers, local guys. John Mayer was talking about that too, that, uh, they pay close attention to the homebrewers because not only are we the guys doing that sort of thing, but we're the guys buying the craft brew too. We're not just drinking homebrew. We're going out and looking for cool stuff in craft brew too. So if, if any of you guys like you doing interesting beers or rogue doing crazy beers, uh, if anyone's going to buy them first, it's going to be us. It's going to be homebrewers. Sure. You know, it's not your average beer drinker that's going to go looking for weird stuff. Yeah. You know, so that's cool. Homebrewers have a place in this world, too. Yeah, they do. <laughs> and it's not just at freaky festivals. <laughs> we're, yeah, we're, we're not so much a freak because everybody is. Yeah. Well, you are, Doc. Yeah, well. <laughs> but you're a freak with a Hummer. <laughs> and two goats. <laughs> and two goats, yeah. I bet you you're the only person on this planet that owns a Hummer and goats. <laughs> I'm just going to make that guess right now. <laughs> and the dentist. Yeah, and it's a dentist, yeah. Um, and a homebrew. There you go. Here is a question, although we've covered it, but let's do it anyway because maybe some other people didn't catch it. It's, does the chocolate have any task after fermentation or does the ferment extract all the flavor? But you are saying the chocolate goes in to the keg when yeah. it's done. Well, no. For I mean, for our beers, for you were talking about for the homebrew when you're going to oh, stick okay. it in. Oh, tell us in. about yours then. Well, say for our beers, it goes in the mash. It's in the mash. Okay. It's and cleaner. Yeah, it's not. Okay. It's it's easier to deal with. It's cleaner, and it really doesn't contribute a whole lot to the fermentation in terms of extract. Okay, so um, there's nothing happening to the chocolate. In no, okay. and like when we added it to the keg, like I was talking about in our in the trials that we did, it, the beer was already cold, okay. so there wasn't a lot of action in there. Gotcha. So nothing doing there. All right, how about that? Should we try the honey basil and 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 talk about those adjuncts that you used in there? Yeah, absolutely. I like that, you can really just call anything adjunct. Yeah, just throw a microphone in there. Well, <laughs> see what would happen. <laughs> well, this one I think fits more the traditional definition of uh, of uh, of the uh, adjunct. As I added about, uh, let's see, in this batch, 140 pounds of organic wildflower honey. Wow! So it's That's a uh, lot of honey. Yeah, and this I one, mean... uh, this one, we actually ended up adding the honey straight to the fermenter. I'd brewed honey beers before, but they always just came out very dry. Okay. And I can't use honey malt, which is a trick that I learned at a brew pub to put more honey flavor into the beer. Because once I start using malts that are not organic, I exceed that 5% limit Uh, really fast. Gotcha. So I couldn't do that. So what we ended up doing is just pumping the honey directly into the fermenter after like the second or third day of fermentation Mm -hmm. to try and keep some of those nice aromas in there without, uh, without driving it off by heating it. Um, even dumping it, what I've done in the past is I've dumped it right into the boil. Okay. Uh, or excuse me, right at the end of the boil. Mm-hmm. Okay. But like I said, those beers just came out very nice, but there wasn't a lot of honey character. They just kind of dried out and was like a nice crisp kind of summer ale. Okay. But um, adding it into the fermenter, I think we got a little bit of a nice honey aroma in there, even with not right. adding a whole you, lot of honey. Do you worry about sanitation with that? Do you heat it? We do heat it. But uh, we would just maintain it about 150 for 20 right. minutes. Pasteurized. Yeah, just yeah. real, real light and gentle. We actually use my old heat exchanger on my homebrew system. I have a uh, immersion chiller, mm-hmm. and we'd stick the immersion chiller down into the Grundy and cycle hot water, cycle hot water through it uh, from our hot liquor tank, and then pump that into the fermenter. Right. So the homebrew stuff is still getting to work out. <laughs> Definitely basil. Yeah, lots of basil. I get that. I'm getting it. it's. Which is uh, I love basil, by the way. Um, our, our biggest, actually, our, our one of the one of the things that we really tried to do on this was keep it subtle. Okay. We didn't want to have a huge basil bomb. Right. So, 
It's there though, yeah, but I'm yeah. I'm glad that there's basil because I I don't like honey beers. Um, so to me, if it were just a, if it were just a honey beer, I I wouldn't enjoy it. But the basil, it's there enough that I wouldn't guess at first that it's a honey beer. If you were to give it to me blind and wanted me to tell you what it was, I wouldn't have said honey beer. Yeah, it's really difficult with how strong malt flavors are. Yeah, with the basil in here, I used um, Styrian Golding hops in this. Okay, just because I like the spicy orange kind yeah. of flavor of those hops, I thought that would go well with the basil. That does. I think that's it. It's definitely spicy in there. I was wondering if that was just the basil. Cause, no, uh, no, we finish it with some some nice Styrian Goldings that I. Uh, Procured just for this beer. Okay. When did you add the basil? Uh, right at the end. This last yeah, burner as soon off. As it went in. Yeah, turn off the burner. In huh. goes the basil. Oh, okay. And uh, I've read homebrew recipes, or I've seen homebrew recipes for for basil beers where they add like a whole bunch of basil to their five gallon batch. Yeah. We added fifteen of those grocery store size sprigs. Oh. Into you know into really a, into a ten barrel batch. Okay. And wow. But it's uh, basil is such a, a pungent, um, yeah, exactly. You know, in, in cooking pretty, as well. This is pretty peppery. Yeah, kind of. Not like that black pepper beer we had yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say if you hadn't put all that honey in this beer, it'd be crap because it would be peppery. Yeah, it'd be too much. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it, it covers up that peppery mm-hmm. of the basil with the honey. It grows is it on this me the more. Right I, here. Yeah. 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 It grows on me the more actually I drink it. So yeah, the first one because I've never. I never even heard of a basil beer. So the first taste know, I mean, th- threw me for a curve, but uh, I dig it. I'm, I'm all right with it. Yeah. Yeah, Mel's out. I'm down with that. Yeah. <laughs> this was actually a brew from the archives. Um, we go, went back into the old brew logs, and uh, his first name's escaping me. His last name was Meyer. He was a uh, one of the brewers for Bison uh, before Dan even bought the company. Hmm. And uh, we went back, and this was one that used to be at the brew pub um, that they would brew, and when Bison was doing all their weird beers back then too. Yeah. And this was one we resurrected from the archives as kind of a, an homage to the original brewers. Right. I mean, Bison was around since 1989. Uh, yeah. Buffalo Bill Owens was one of the the pioneers in the craft brewing industry. Okay. So we thought we'd uh, bring back one of the archive beers as right. a tip of the hat to uh, where Bison came from. That's cool. I'll tell you this about it. It, it reminds me of. Um uh, for example, Pyramid brews an apricot ale, right? Mm-hmm. Which is which is very popular. And but to me, it's those kinds of beer, and this one as well are are a beer that you drink one or two of in a sitting, say. But you're not going to throw back a six pack with the guys, it, it, because it, I just think the flavor becomes overwhelming. It really your senses, right? Having one or two is great. I'm wondering how that affects your guys' business, because yeah. you—I I would guess that a lot of your beers might be that way. That people drink them and say, "Man, that's really good," but they're not going to throw back six of them. Say so. I'll agree with you on that with the with the honey basil, but that's what I was saying earlier. Where even though we're doing these different kinds of beers, we still try and make them drinkable. We still try and make them stand on their own. Right. Okay. Um, the honey basil is just—it's a fantastic food beer. Yeah. Um, we've had it with pizza, and that's when you start yeah. noticing, oh, okay, I'm three or four deep, when if okay. I was just having a pint of this, it would be, you know, I'd have one, and that would be good. That's an excellent point. Actually, I'm now uh, thinking of this beer with, with food. Oh, this and would be great with spaghetti. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Or ravioli. Lasagna. Oh, yeah. I've made beer sorbets before, mm-hmm. and I really want to do that with this as more of like a savory sorbet. Nice. I think that would be a, a wonderful thing. Yeah. I did. Uh, I made a chili beer at a brew pub I went to, or I used the same brew pub where I made the pumpkin beer. Uh-huh. And uh, that beer, 
uh, I did the sorbet with, and you know, I yeah. like a lot of. I, I love cooking with beer, so right. So do I. Doing these different things, it's you can find all all kinds of different applications that may not have presented themselves. Uh, yeah. With just a you know your normal malt water hops yeast. Right. Where can people find bison? Are you only on the West Coast? No, we are. Uh, we're in eleven states now. Oh, nice. We're we're slowly creeping across the country. Okay. And your best bet, um, the states that I know for sure are uh, Georgia. Oregon, Washington, California, uh-huh. and Florida. Okay. And Hear that crotch rot? Yeah, you can get it, Christian. <laughs> your best bet, because we're an organic beer, is uh-huh. to find your local co-op, uh-huh. is to find a Whole Foods or a Wild Oats kind of market. Yeah. Um, any kind of specialty grocer like that generally will have an organic beer. Okay. And uh, that's that's where I, I turn a lot of people onto it. Cool. Um, I know on the West Coast, uh, beverages and more is a good bet. We're in most of them. Okay. Uh, no. Other microbrews have come in here and discussed difficulty with distributing their beer uh, because distributors tend to not only put it on the back burner, but maybe leave it sitting out on the back porch in the heat. Have you guys noticed any any trouble with your distributors? No, we've been we've been pretty well served. Um, our distributors take care of us, uh, but we have some unique distributors. We use a, a company called Mountain Peoples okay. for a lot of our West Coast distribution, and they're an organic food distributor. Okay. So they're they're there. They care about the product. They're you know taking care of us and and really have have a lot of pride in the things that they sell. Right. So that's uh, cool. We that have, helps. That kind of gives us um, a unique relationship with our distributors. Right. Mm-hmm. How many do you know roughly? How many other organic beer makers there are? There's, I mean, there's a couple of big boys. Okay. Um, I think right now we're the third largest organic brewery. Okay. But, uh, you know, down in Chico, there's uh, Butte Creek and Wallivers, of course. Okay. So. Gotcha. Um, yeah, there's not too many that are, that are being nationally distributed. Um, I go into brew pubs all the time that are playing with, you know, here's one organic beer that we've made. And hmm. I think they're kind of putting their foot in the pool to see how cold the water is. Yeah, absolutely. So. Well, I think, you know, it, in when we were talking about the cost before, it's, probably easier to start as an all-organic brewery because you know what you're getting yourself into than to end up one because it's hard enough to be a, a craft brew and then to double all your costs and say let's go for it now yeah that's rough well it's definitely it's definitely a decision like i said that we made that yeah. that was based in our personal lives yeah it wasn't a uh, it wasn't a, a business decision put it yeah. that way right right so. yeah that's a good point it's good beer good. yeah i have that with some pizza Ah, Doc? Yeah. Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to take a quick break. Uh, When we come back, uh, we're going to try some more of your beer. What else you got uh, in your bottles over there for us? What do we got? I got uh, early release of our gingerbread ale, which is that spiced porter I was telling you about. Okay. And that one actually did come from, uh, it was a grown-up homebrew recipe, one of Dan's that he did. Okay. And uh, Try that when we get back so we can talk about where you added brought the Brought some of my Belgian ale, too. Nice. And that'll, that'll fit right into your uh, your adjunct discussion. Yeah. That, uh, Our taste buds are going to be Sweet. shot. Yeah. yeah. Beautiful. You're looking better, though, John. You're standing. Couple beers in you. You want to yeah. start yelling at anybody? What? Let's <laughs> <laughs> <I> do that. <laughs> All right. So I found a song for Di. Uh, I've never heard it. It's from The Waifs. I don't know if it's the waifs she's talking about. I I've, I just checked it out, and I found it. And I, I bought it, by the way, if anyone. <laughs> you can make the check payable to uh, yeah. Justin Crossley. Um, 
That was 99 cents. Uh, so the waves. Uh, the I'm song well is called it. Crazy Train Die. I'm going to give you a warning. Uh, I'll give it about 30 seconds, and if it sucks, I'm turning it off and putting <laughs> on something else that you've probably heard 15 times over the last two weeks. <laughs> sorry to say. And sorry for everybody else if it sucks, but there you go. So this is the waves. The song's called Crazy Train. It's for our friends in Australia. And we're here with uh, Peter from Bison Brewery, and we'll be talking more about adjuncts when we come back. Listening to a bunch of guys talk about beer. The Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Yes, sir. We're back and we're going to try to wrap things up. We got a little bit of time left and we've got things to give away. Yes, we got shirts. Uh, Peter was nice enough to bring us in some shirts to give away. Uh, one of them I'm already going to give away to Warren for sending us beer. Yes, uh, so that was very cool to do, and See what uh, happens. He's a cool we don't guy, man. we don't get a lot of beer sent to us, and and he did so. And we're, but we're not bitter about that. <laughs> yeah, we just like it. It helps the show out. So uh, he gets one of the shirts already. Is that all right with you, Peter? Yeah, yeah that sounds good. All right, cool. You should come to the show. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I finally got, I finally got my official uh, network show. Uh, network your shirt, shirt. Yeah. yeah yeah i gave him one uh, just before we left also uh let me do this i forgot to announce and i, I don't know how i did this I'm, i apologize i'm retarded but uh <laughs> we know that yeah just look uh, at you, man. i just think i mean we just kind of we brushed over it uh that that does won a, a bunch of awards at the festival this week doc's beer won in the pilsner category he got first place in that, thank yeah, you, thank you. and then it also won best in show. Yeah, he won the best beer in the show, and, and the the best in show is judged by brewers. Yeah, like yeah. no, they're they're judged by the by judges. John, I thought uh, John and Sean and the guys. On the That's what I that thought one. too. It yeah. was those guys: Sean, uh, John, Colin, awesome. Mark. Right on. And I'm not sure who else. So it wasn't just the home brew. The, the home brewers all tasted and voted on both the porter category and the. Pills in the category. Pilsner category, and it's just kind of a who likes the best beer there, and then, then they all go back up in front of the judges, and the judges actually tear them apart and figure out you know which one gets best to show. So you yeah. can I've, I've seen it happen where whoever if you win in that category, mm-hmm. I've seen another one win best to show. Okay, mm-hmm. but Doc won both, and then the <laughs> Doe's Club in general they won uh, best club beer. Yeah, basically so. Three awards given out uh, went to to Doe's, two of them to Doc. So congratulations, Thank Doc. He was happy man too. He was uh he was pretty stoked about that when he saw him yesterday. Yeah, maybe you want to go out and drink. Yeah, that's what <laughs> I was gonna say. You did. <laughs> continue drinking. Okay, here's the deal with another shirt to give away. I've got another one. Uh, I'm gonna tell you right now, it's an extra large, so uh, uh, skinny people need not apply, um, or small people. Uh, I will not give this shirt away to somebody who has won a prize from us. Not this week. Did it last week, even though I said I wouldn't. We know the addresses. That's right. This week I'm putting my foot down. I want somebody new. Um, and I don't know if that eliminates the chat room or not. Um, I've got two shirts to give away. I'll do one of them for Stump the Brewer. we got to do Stump the Brewer. 
And Oz, I apologize. Um, you, 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 you may play Stump the Brewer, but it won't be the prize-winning Stump the Brewer question. I'll play for you, Oz. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so if you've never won a prize from us before and you have a Stump the Brewer question, you can win that way. Uh, the other shirt I'll give away to a caller who's never called in before. So call in. It's 888-401-BEER. We have to have never heard from you, and you've not won a prize from us, and that's the other one. And what I've got are, are two uh, very cool Bison Brewery T-shirts. They're black. they got the logo on the front, and the back says, Wish You Were Beer. And they glow in the dark. Do they? Yeah. That's even better. <laughs> They're cool. Drunk and lost. <laughs> I love the slogan, Wish You Were Beer. That's cool. Um, so there you go. They're cool shirts. So uh, one caller and one stump the brewer. How about that? And, and if nobody calls, I'm keeping the damn thing. So there you go. <laughs> How about that? Uh, I do have a couple questions for you here, Peter. Will your beer ever be available in Australia? I can't speak to that. I'm not in the marketing <laughs> department. Um, Would you go put in a good word for our folks in Australia? I absolutely will. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Try to get your beer out there. Yeah. What, are there any American microbrews in Australia, Oz? Answer that in the chat room if you would. I'm curious about that because uh, I'd like to know who does, and then it would be interesting to find out how. Well, didn't he say everything pretty much is crap there, and you have to yeah. make your own if you want something good? Yeah. I wonder if Sierra is there, though. They would be, like, the biggest guy I would think of that could be there. Well, but when I when I actually I brewed for Sierra for a while. Okay. And when I was there, they made a point to say we don't want to send our beer that far away, yeah. despite the fact that they have – one of the best shelf lives in the industry. <laughs> right. Um, so, I don't know. Because Do I mean, can't you just fly it over? It's not that far by plane, or does it have to go on a boat? I think it has to go by cargo, oh. on a cargo boat. Yeah. Uh, it's just, it's heavy. And, and you got all those drunken sailors drinking yeah. it all the way over. I'll be going in a second. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But they have refrigerated containers that go on those ships. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Uh, what do you got? You got a caller there? Okay. But then you got to deal with the fact: how are you going to uh, how are you going to compete with uh, your whatever local beers being produced when your beer now has to be sold for fifteen dollars a six pack? Right. Yeah. Over in a refrigerated container. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So, not to mention maybe tariffs or whatever else that you have to get tacked onto it. Yeah. And also, huh. beer is really. I mean, despite you know, I don't know. It, it beer was always a local product. It was always yeah. your your town beer. Every town. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah that's true. Your, your local stuff. So. I think you should, uh, down in Australia, encourage your uh, local entrepreneurs to uh, start uh, make better beer. Up. There you go. You know, that's an interesting contradiction to our to our show, actually, in that we are trying to do this thing in, in making the information more global, and, and we have access to the internet like that. But you're right; it has always been a local thing, and and you're not always going to be able to get these beers. That's it. I quit. Okay. <laughs> All right. Close it up. I got a question, I think, for John, and I don't know if this is a joke for you or a, or a serious question, but it says, um, what can I do if I find all the B3 recipes too hoppy? That's a serious question. Uh, find the all by half. The just cut them in just half? Just a bittering hop by half. Oh, they did that before. Daniela, no one can hear you. They did that before, cut it in half, and it just was still too bitter, sort of. So do you have any good advice for that? You could also change the hops to a different kind. Yeah, I mean... It's Switch them out, lower alpha acid hop, something. Here's what I say you do. You call John up on the 800 number. You ask for John. Yes. And you say, this is my – because he's there all week long. He's there from Tuesday through Saturday, and that's kind of what he does anyway. Or email me. And uh, 
And I'm serious. He's good at that. He's good at what he does and, and good and at he's that. He's good about getting back at you with email. Yeah. So, so if you yeah, send it to and, and he'll let you know what to do. Tell him what your problem is and he might be able to recommend it. Then I guess you might go to, like Doc says, recommend a different bittering hop or something. Sure. But yeah. so It's actually a common problem. That's not the first time I've heard that. So. Is that right? Yeah. Um, well, on the West Coast here, it's always more hops, hops, more yeah. hops. And, and if you're from the Midwest or the East, you're going to probably find it a that's, little bit too that's hoppy. That's a very for good your, point, you know. It's definitely West Coast influence, so yeah. um, I reduce all the. I brew a lot of B three recipes, and I reduce all the hops by like thirty percent. Do you? Yeah. Okay. There's so many guys in our club though that go the other direction. Yeah, Increase like, it. That's yeah. not enough. Six ounces. Yeah. Well, I will say this: when we were standing in the big auditorium where they're announcing all of the uh, GABF winners, as soon as Pale Ale IPA and double uh, double IPA came up, yeah, California across the board. Oh, yeah. right. So of course, of course. Yeah, you go into that row and GB, GABF the the. West Coast row. Pacific row. Yeah, and it's, yeah. everybody's just oozing hops out of it. just smell it. Caller, you're on the air. Hey there. Who are we talking to? My name's Leslie. Leslie. Hi, Leslie. Yes, sir. Is How that you right? Doing? Where are you calling from? I'm actually in Las Vegas, Nevada. Oh, uh, my favorite place on earth, my friend. <laughs> Except it's hot and hotter than I'll get out. It is hot. That's why I just stay at the blackjack table. <laughs> when I'm, when I'm I'm there. I sent the question in about the hops earlier. Oh, uh, about them being uh, the B three ones being too hoppy. Uh huh. Okay. Um, John was saying, you know, you, you and you've already cut the hops in half. Uh huh. <laughs> what kind of beer do you like to brew? What give us a style you're talking uh, about? Oh, I like Guinness. I like Porter. I like uh, Pale Ales. Okay, but not mm. too hoppy. So um, let's maybe, take maybe their pale ale recipe for example, John. If you can remember what's do you do you have any idea what's in that one, John? Off the top of your head. Let me get the recipe. Get all get all right here. <laughs> cascade all the way through. He says anyway. Yeah. Right. Uh huh. Would you, John? What would you say to make that less bitter for the guy? Well, I would say you could even cover it up and have some more malt. You know. Well, I mean, what what kind of water are you brewing with? That, Ta- tap water, because if it's if it's hard and high in sulfates. Well, I uh, I. I do a uh, <coughs> carbon filtration uh-huh. out of tap water. Right. But Las, I, I know Las Vegas water, it's the same as all desert water. It is hard yeah. as can be. I would f- want to try cutting the water in half with uh, distilled water. And, oh, really? Yeah. Because if you have really high sulfates in there, it's, it's going to really make that hop bitterness really harsh mm. and coarse. And... Especially if you're telling me that you already cut the hops in half. Yeah. Uh, yeah try 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 a broom. Don't brew a straight straight distilled, but try try cutting in half. Like half and half. Yeah, do a half and half, and still cut cut the hops in half because obviously where you want to be. Like an ounce of goading, which is okay, but the uh, cascades was like two ounces. Mm-hmm. Well, just the bittering hops. You can leave you know anything that's. Yeah, you cut it down. Anything that's uh, been in there, you know, more than say twenty minutes. I got them right here. You can you can cut them down. Cascade and uh, do what Jamil does. He just throws it in the last ten minutes. We were talking about that. You Mm -hmm. know, oh yeah, smoother bitterness, not so harsh. But you you have to then yeah add more. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's one thing. As it is, throw them all in at the end. Maybe compensate. Okay, so you think maybe put just. Cut it with distilled water. Yeah, I would try try brewing half and half, and and see if that makes a big difference. I think that might might be an issue. Yeah. Plus, I had a two ounces of Magnum. 
Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, Mag- Mag- <laughs> that'll do it right there. Mag- and I cut it in half. I, you know, half. to tell you the truth, so I do too. Uh, on on the B3 recipe, I cut the magnum down by half. And also with a high alpha hop like that, mm-hmm. you you go over a little bit with a couple of pellets, and it, you know, you're pumping in a lot more alphas. Where mm-hmm. if you're pumping in something with like a, like a perlay with six percent, right, uh-huh. you, you can you can you know measure out a couple couple over and it's not going to make as big a impact as if you're going in with a magnum. It's not bad. It tastes like Sierra Nevada ale if you if you get the uh, yeah. But it's a, just a tad too much. It, it, I would recommend maybe not even using the magnum for yeah. you. Switch out yeah, that magnum. Do centennial for bittering or something. Yeah. I like using perlay mm-hmm. for for bittering. Chinook's yeah. pretty good too. Yeah. So let me put that in perspective. Some of the beers I brew, I use magnum for bittering. Mm-hmm. In a ten barrel batch, I'll use one pound. In ten for my barrels for my yeah. bittering addition, right? Yeah, so that's. Yeah. I mean, we use a lot of hops on the aroma end, so we'll get some bitterness from there. But that's a that's an aggressive hop. Yeah, mm-hmm. I would say for anybody who finds uh, any beer hoppy or bitter, just go ahead and take Magnum yeah. off your list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a big guy. I would encourage him to tweak with it too, because it sounds like he likes maltier beers, borders. Yeah, those. I do. See, I mean, I had a pale uh, ale recipe. I had like seven pounds of malt extract on. Kind of extract beer because I the the room I got it you know right and that turned out pretty good with like an ounce and a half of gold yeah so he's he's more of an English style guy yeah yeah beers. well do that water deal that Doc said cut that in half of distilled and uh, see what that does for you okay but, but also probably cut your bittering hop in half at the same time and the water do the yeah. water and cut your bittering hop in half okay and that's cool. an idea I didn't think of that then, hey then, can can you wear an extra large. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It could be a nightgown. Well, because I'll send you a bison shirt for, for calling in, having never talked to you before, if okay. you want one. Got another question for you. Okay. Can you all discuss the uh, differences between the um, uh, bottling types, like mini kegs versus bottles versus mini uh, taps versus full kegs? Like different carbonation going on, or oh no, this different types of bottling. Sure, we could do that on the next show. Just do a little. Basically, I just like it, the I keg because I don't want to do things too many times, yeah. and if I'm using well, yeah, mini I'm, kegs, I'm thinking of mini kegs, but I'm I'm worried about the taste. Well, they have a lining in them, and after uh-huh. a while, the lining will well, go away. And, oh, and he brings up really? an interesting point, though. He's he's having too bitter of a beer, and he's talking about carbonation. I'm wondering if maybe it's too it's overcarbonated, you know. Well, might no, be adding no, more bitterness. Well, the one to the I beers. made was okay carbonation wise, but I'm thinking of convenience because I'm limited. I'm gonna I'm limited in space and mm. funds. Yeah. <coughs> Just I'm don't carbonate. <laughs> Drink <laughs> flat and warm beer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, <laughs> you know, as in, as in can't afford an extra refrigerator and can't afford the thermostat and things like that. So I'm thinking a mini cake. Could fit in my refrigerator. Yeah, yeah. Um, they have the what's the tap a draft? Tap draft works. Um, it's, and that's it's, cheaper. It's cheaper, sixty bucks. You know, not One, that much cheaper. Four and a half gallons. Yeah, holds. but but the, you can use the two liter bottles, yeah. and you don't have to worry about cleaning the keg, which is hard to do on a mini keg. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. But some people swear by the mini keg, so I well, or, or swear at them. I'm sure <laughs> <laughs> that too. <laughs> You know, I would recommend. I don't know if you've posted on our forum, but um, there's a there's a kegging and equipment uh, thread in there. 
I have, but not not in that form. I'd ask them about it because you'd be surprised. At least then you get people who have used them, and and they can tell you their experience with them. Yeah. Cost wise, mini kegs are not that. Well, you need to put it in the fridge. That might help you to do the mini keg if you don't want to buy a new fridge and you want to be able to do that. Um, yeah, new fridges. Hundred plus dollars, and then yeah. you get the mix. Would a, a two and a half gallon corny can fit in your uh, your fridge there? Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, but those are expensive and hard to find. But, fridge but they last forever. Yeah. So uh, 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 you uh, might you uh, might want to look at that. Cost what eighty or ninety dollars plus the fittings. Yeah, but they're all interchangeable too. And if you start buying mini kegs, they do wear out, and you got to replace them, and you got to buy all the fittings for those too. Huh. You know, in one hand of blackjack, you can turn fifty dollars into a hundred. Yeah. <laughs> well, I just put it on a red. I'm, I'm, well, I'm an old time brewer, but it is all bottling. You know, so yeah. that kind of. Well, once, once you go to keg, and you won't go back to. It's bottling. true. It's true. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say keg, man. It's a leap because of the cost of, and that's the big thing. You know, that's the cost of yeah. buying all the equipment and things. But you know what? Once you make that leap and you do it, you you don't even look back. Yeah. You got a dog you can sell or something? No. Oh. <laughs> I'm just kidding, Leslie. Um, all right, we're going to move on. Send me an email, and I'll get you a bison shirt. How about that? Okay, or I'll tell Danielle. Okay, oh, yeah, or tell Danielle. That will be fine. Okay. Thank right, you. Thanks. All right, bye-bye. All right. Um, cool. Danielle, what were you trying to tell me? Grab that microphone. Cause I, oh, I just hung up on him. Oh. oh, Leslie, I'm sorry. Can you please send Justin an email with your address information? He just hung yeah. up on you. My bad. Just, sorry. Justin at the Brewing Network. Or go to the chat room or call back. Call him an idiot one That's more time. That's the fifth time today on my little mouse bone here. You hit your elbow? Oh, dick. <laughs> <laughs> just cussing German. Uh, All right. Well, you? I was trying to tell you, retard, that <laughs> this question of Leslie's with the whole bottling and whole kegging and all those differences. And John... Put it up instantly with me. He understood me, you know. He gets me there that it could be an extra show, actually, because many people in the chat room actually were talking about that uh-huh. and saying, yeah, that's enough, you know, to talk about for an extra show, you right. retard. Well, I don't read sign language. Retard. Retard. Over there. How come John gets me? Because John doesn't do anything over there. He just sits there and you can talk to him. I didn't say anything. <laughs> I got to talk to this guy. I got to work this yeah, thing. Right. Blah, I got to drink blah, this. Blah, blah, blah. Retard. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now you know why I don't talk. <laughs> yeah. yeah, hard enough talking over It just cats. opens you up for yeah. punishment. Yeah, it does. So one of our shirts has gone to Leslie there in Las Vegas. Um, and uh, is this a stump the brewer question here from the chat room? Yeah. And and Dave G's never won a prize before. I don't know him, so. uh, Don't you try to trick us, Dave? John Dave. knows your number. Got your address. Okay. Here's the. Um, Okay, here's the question for you. Uh, I don't know if you've ever heard the show before, uh, Peter, but um, if you told us you listen to it all the time, we'd feel really good. Uh, <laughs> I was actually I was impressed with uh, Vinny from Russian Rivers Answers on the uh, the Stump the Brewer. Ah, very nice. Yeah, I, did he get stumped in the end? I think they're relentless. They don't stop until you get stumped, yeah. basically. Um, okay, the question for you: if if you get stumped, they get the shirt. Uh, Dave G here gets the shirt. If you don't get stumped, we need another question. All right. Uh, Doc, you know the rules, buddy. Uh, okay, yeah. You wanna, you, okay, don't don't turn down my mic. Yeah. <laughs> what was the first American brewery to sell beer in cans? I actually do know that one. You do? All right, go ahead. Uh, Kruger Brewing Company. Kruger. From Newark, New Jersey. Really? Are they still around? I don't... 
Are they still around? I would I would um, guess not. She I don't doesn't think know. they are. <laughs> she, she, doesn't. <laughs> she doesn't know anything. Uh, <laughs> okay, Dave G., uh, we'll leave it up to you if that's correct. You're going to have to answer in the chat room there, um, or, or we could do a quick search ourselves or something. We'll let it lie till we find out. Uh, but if it's correct, he was not stumped. And then we need another question from somebody who has not won a prize. Yes. Oz had sent in those questions for you guys a couple weeks ago, remember? I told you about it. He wanted to stump you, Doc, and John. And I lost them. I remember one of them, sort of. You're going to have to send them to me again, Doc, or put them in the chat room. Daniela will write them down. Pretty good at Jeopardy, so. Yeah. (laughs) All right, so what are we drinking right here, Peter? This is the uh, gingerbread ale. This will be released in early November. So we brewed this, actually. This batch came from an early batch we brewed just for the Great American Beer Festival. Oh, okay. So we actually went through three kegs of this on the floor, which is pretty good. I was talking with some brewers who say they only bring one. uh, Everyone brings five-gallon kegs. Mm. Just because you only get a one ounce pour. Oh, okay. And we, I brought three kegs of this and three kegs of stout. Ah. And I was like, oh crap, I'm going to have so much beer left over. Yeah. Because yeah. I talked with so many of my friends who are like, we bring one of everything and we never run out. Oh. Well, we ran out of everything. Wow. So yep. people dug the gingerbread. That's nice. I was noticing the, the last night there, a lot of people are out of a lot of stuff. Yeah. But that's the big night everybody comes, so. Yeah, they had, they had record attendance this year, so. Do you have to buy beer tickets to get those one ounce pours, or do you guys no, just, just, just give them away? No, no, you get in, you get a glass. You get a glass. You get in the door. And drink away. Okay. Because at Portland, you got to buy a, a a little Token. wooden coin for every one ounce pour. Yeah. That's a dollar an ounce is what that is. Yeah, so think ripple. about that. If you poured yourself a 16-ounce glass, I'm thinking that they didn't really do their math right no. here. Were they really a dollar a token? I think so. Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong. I was you drunk. You didn't even get a professional discount because you're in the biz. I didn't get anything. See, we, we're I'm, barely, I'm barely in the biz, right? <laughs> we're like the um, the dogs of the biz. We're the rodents. <laughs> we have a long way. We're like, yeah, maybe we'll talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Although Sean likes us, so that's nice. <laughs> he gave us a little plug the he other day. He likes us, right? That was cool. <laughs> uh this beer, I'll say right now, and since we were talking about B3 recipes, reminds me of the Christmas beer that you guys have there uh, because of the of the nutmeg flavor that comes out of your Christmas. But this is better than that, actually. I brewed it once. Um, Thank you. Is there, are, are, is, do you add nutmeg as well, or is that just in the um, gingerbread? Uh, no, we actually don't add, like, there's no gingerbread men going into the kettle. It's actually just spices. That oh, that's there. weak. So, <laughs> no, this beer, it's got ginger and nutmeg and clove and cinnamon and allspice. Gotcha. And it's a brown porter base recipe that we, we boosted the gravity up a little bit to make it more of a, a winter beer. Okay. And uh, it's it's something that, that you don't find too much of on the West Coast, like we were talking about with right. our hoppy beers earlier. It's subtle. Yeah. The, a lot of the spicy beers that come out are just clubby over the head kind of spice. Right. And we wanted to do something that was fairly restrained but still nice and flavorful and easy to drink. So yeah. As our uh, as our website says, it's uh it's sure to smooth out the dinner with the in-laws. <laughs> <laughs> what's the uh what's the alcohol in this? We're at 6.8 on this one. Whew. Yeah, that'll help out, especially with my family. Nice try finish to it, too. Very good. You like it, John? Yeah, I do. Doc? Like I said, oh, I I always like these kind of beers. I like pumpkin ale and mm-hmm. I like these. I mean, could I knock back a six-pack? No, but I do enjoy them when I have them. I can knock back a six-pack at the holiday dinner, I'll tell you that. Yeah. I think you could do that any day. Aunt Marcy over there in the corner, <laughs> yapping away about nothing. 
You know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm a big I'm a big fan of the holiday beers. Every, every the Friday after Thanksgiving every year, my dad and my brother and I go to every beer store. Uh, I'm from Sacramento, so we go to every beer store in Sacramento and we buy as many holiday beers as we can get our hands on. Oh. I mean, we literally fill shopping carts at Bevmo and then we go to the other specialty stores and get the stuff they didn't have and right. just and then we split it up three ways, so we're not all stuck with a six pack of something maybe we don't want to drink. We yeah, two beers of each, basically. And then you just get hammered. And we just go through them all. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a race to see who's first one through because we all dad. live in different cities. So, Merry Christmas, jackass! <laughs> <laughs> that should be the name of a beer. Yeah, yeah. Merry Christmas, jackass. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So this is our holiday offering, and and the only reason it's actually around this early, like I said, is is because we wanted to bring it to GABF. Gotcha. So and so you guys. Are are selling this one right now? Yeah, uh, no, it'll oh. be out in November. Okay, we just went to package with it last week, and uh, so we're, should be we're beta testing this. One. Exactly. There right. you go. I approve. I'll yeah. actually be uh, I'll be brewing this uh, brewing this again. We just brewed it again uh, this week, and I'll brew it again another two weeks. So okay. And where are you putting your spices in on this guy? Um, we put them in a little bit before the end of the boil. Okay. So we're talking five minutes here. About ten minutes. Okay. Yeah. And you just chuck them all in at once. Yeah. How, what uh, all to get combined? What's the weight on on how much you guys are putting in there? Huh? Um, Ounces, whatever, approximately. That's so. our super secret spice blend. Is that right? But it's not much, really. But the thing is, we we get our spices from a, a spice store uh, called the uh, Lasa Karnak on Telegraph Avenue. Okay, in and, Berkeley, and they just have fantastic spices. I mean, I made a pumpkin beer at uh, Brew Pub that I worked at, and I'm using like half as much of the spice mm. from th- of their spices than I used of grocery store spices for the pumpkin beer. Okay, and I'm getting actually more spice flavor. Gotcha. Oh, what's so, the name of that place again? Lasa Karnak. Okay. Is that one word? Uh, no, it's two. Hmm. It's like L-A-S-A-K-A-R-N-A-C, I believe. Gotcha. Right on Telegraph. There. Yeah, Telegraph. Yeah, a couple yeah. blocks down from the brewery. So give okay. us a, give us a call, set up a tour, and then go uh, load go up on there. spices. Now, are you guys, uh, you're a brew pub also? We are not. We are just a microbrewery. Did you used to be a brew pub? We did. You did? Yes. Okay. Yeah, we had I've a restaurant. There. It closed about two and a half years ago now. Okay. And uh, we just had to focus. All the growth was in the in the brewing side. Yeah. And we just had to stop and, and do what we do best. Right. So. Well, even the big guys who have uh, brew pubs, like in several locations, they're really only there to promote and feature the beer. They're a marketing tool. None of these guys are making a ton of money on their brew pubs. Yeah. Just that, so that, you know. That is a drawback. It's hard. To, it's hard. It, we like to be able to take people in and have them taste all our beers. Yeah. But at the same time, both uh, Dan and I, we're, we're not restaurateurs. We're both brewers. And right. we want to be making the beer, and we want to be making great beer. Yeah. And running the restaurant was, was a second job. Mm. And uh, this way we can just focus on the beer and do what we do best. Right. If I took a brew tour there, would you let me drink right out of your fermenter? Yeah, we could do that for you. Can you swim in the fermenter? Yeah. Can I just like put my mouth underneath the nozzle? You just pour it right in? I'll hold your feet up. (laughs) (laughs) You have a prom, Justin. You seriously do. I know. Uh, Was the the stump question? He was correct. He was correct. Um, How many people could you handle on a tour? The brewer was correct. Um, is this from the same person? No, this one is actually from our phone call friend from last week, Jack. Jack. This is from Jack. Mm-hmm. He has never won a prize, so he Jack has is never allowed won a to prize. play. Okay. He's going to want to pick it up himself, John. Good. <laughs> yeah, he can just go to... John's house. B3 or John's house. B3. Give you, B3. Give you house. <laughs> yeah, pretty That's much. That's true. <laughs> okay. What year, Peter... Did Coors finally get sold east of the Mississippi? <laughs> I told you, they're relentless, man. <laughs> my uh, 
uh, a friend of mine's father was in the military, and he remembers when he was in Vietnam, it was such a treat for them to get a pallet of Coors, because back then that was the craft beer. Oh, right. And uh, he actually told me he was stoked when he got back into the States, and uh, he was uh, he was going to school on the East Coast, and after 1981... He was able to, uh. Are you serious? No way. <laughs> You're joking, right? No. He was able to get it, uh, he was able to get it east of the Mississippi. The man says 1981, so, uh. That's awesome. Jack, you're gonna have to, uh, confirm or deny that in the chat room. Wow, and with authority you say it too. Authority. <laughs> <laughs> you pulling that out of your ass. Man. <laughs> I was in Michigan visiting relatives and I, just jokingly tried to order a Coors, and they looked at me. Yeah. <laughs> Not unless you want to drive, honey. <laughs> so, and that was about 1980. All right. So. Man, Peter just said, F you. He listeners. brought it home there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's right. He's right. Yeah. 1981. He is not stumped, which means the prize is still open. Uh, we could be here all sure. night long. <laughs> yeah. well, just for now, and fancy Mumu Pence knows that he's not allowed to play, but he still wants to stump the brewer. Okay, that's so fair. for now, the question is, what month marks the beginning of Bavaria's fifth season? Hmm. And me, as a Bavarian, born and raised in Munich, I did not know. <laughs> <laughs> I actually read about this somewhere just last week. Did you? I don't know the month, but I, I just was reading about the fifth season there. They yeah. need a fifth season? They do everything better, <laughs> somehow. <laughs> Remember, it's weird like that. <laughs> it's directly related to beer, this fifth season. Uh, and I yeah. really did not know. So if you don't know that, no worries. I didn't know it either. No, I don't know. It's a good thing it's just for fun. Then. It's yeah, an unofficial it's, question. No, it's me. just for fun. Fancy Moo Moo. Um, March. And what's the answer? Oh, the m- answer is Dr. Scott May. Yeah, May. It's for the May book. And that's mm-hmm. why they call uh, it the fifth uh, season. I would have said October. That's well, why Doc's well, not allowed that would to make, Yeah, that would have made sense <laughs> to me for the Oktoberfest. And I thought, eh, maybe it's the Oktoberfest, but May. But May book is good, too, so it makes sense. And Fancy's other question was, just for fun, of course... Uh, do you know who set up the German Reinheitsgebot beer purity law in 1516? Uh, that's the one from Oz, right? Yeah, that's the one from Oz, too. Is this another one that's this not, one, not a candidate no, this for a one, t-shirt? Actually, yeah, this one is guy. for John and Dr. Scott. He wanted me to ask this one of you guys. So, so this is Stump the Brewcasters here. Say, I, I do know the answer to this one. You do? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're fantastic, really. We haven't had a brewer who got <laughs> this 1981 yeah. answer with Coors was just incredible. <laughs> I thought it was yeah. awesome. <laughs> John, you're straining over there. I think your head's going to explode. Yeah, really. Do you know the question? I don't know. <laughs> Doc, you want to take a uh, stab? I can't recall. I, I did I did uh, read it. Uh, I'll give you a hint. It's a German name. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he was a duke. Yeah, I know. It was a duke. Um... Duke. Wilhelm Duke. There you go. Yeah. Got it. Doc got it. Duke at, Wilhelm. Look at this guy. I think the deal was, oh, if I remember right, Oz, if they were not stumped, you would donate ten bucks to Crotchrot's video. So Doc was not stumped. He said what Duke Wilhelm. I thought it was twenty. <laughs> I think he actually had two questions and might it might have been ten for each. I don't know if you if you're still uh if that's still the deal, Oz, but uh but Doc was not stumped, so if that's the deal, you yeah, I'm, I'm just a, I'm a trivia whore. <laughs> you are. I I won some things at the G at the at NHC NCHF because uh, they had a 
trivia thing in one booth mm-hmm. about the Statue of Liberty. So I go in about every 15 minutes and <laughs> win something. So. Hey, Daniela, I forgot to tell you, um, one of our listeners, I, I'm, I think it might have been Warren's wife, uh-huh. said that she loves you and thinks that you are great on the show. What? She said that that girl you have on the show is just great. Oh, that makes me want to cry. <laughs> <laughs> I never get told nice stuff. She, that was the, uh, she had nothing to say about the show except that that girl you have on the show is just great. Which is me. That's you. Oh, thank yeah. you so much. Sorry. Thank you for telling me. That makes her less angry. At you. No, it yeah. makes I'm just as angry as Justin as I always am. <laughs> That's never gonna get better. Well, anyway, I have a new stump the brewer question from Code Ride and Fool. Have we ever given a prize right. to him, John, I our controlling guy? I'm pretty. You ask Code; he'll be honest with us. I'm pretty sure he's won. Um, Code Ride and Fool. Let him ask the question. While uh, go ahead and ask the question while he's answering whether he's won from us or not. I'm pretty sure we sent him a prize, or or at least we owe him a prize. <laughs> I think I've got a shirt here for him. That we have okay, so the question for the brewer, Code Ride and Fool, gave to us is, what percentage of hops is ash? Question mark. Is ash? Yeah. Oh. I don't understand that question. Neither do I. A S H ash, right? Yeah. Is that, uh, is there a percentage of a doc? Do you know where this what question stems part, from? Does he mean the vegetable stuff? Like it just says here, ask him what percentage of hops is ash. Have him clarify, like as in carbon, like, uh, or, yeah, or what, what are the new hops you can get? It's C48, the ones that are mostly not vegetable matter. It's a lot, lot less vegetable matter because most of the hops are, I just asked him to make it a little, yeah, C45. Clearer. All right, we'll wait on that. Does he mean that? Should we try another beer while we're waiting on that? Beer schnapps. We got it. Oh, beer that's schnapps, right. that I want to try too. Tell us about this, Doc. We have some beer schnapps here. That was this just given to you? Yeah, actually, Shay gave it to me. Uh, he's uh, one of my friends from B three. He does uh, a lot of wine, mm-hmm. and him and I are scotch whores together. So yeah, you nice. are. Yes, we are. So Doc dipped into the scotch last night after drinking beer all day. Busts out all his. 20-year-old scotch stash. Probably older than that, even. Huh? Yeah, I had 23-year-old that was there and a few other ones. Oh, that's great. And this is home? Um, no, this is this is basically, it's a, a California pale ale that's been distilled. Really? It's got a very unique flavor to it. And uh, one of the ones I was drinking last night was a guy, he, he uh, distilled his home own, and it tasted just like this. Oh, okay. Yeah. Now, the distilling process... Makes it clear? Yeah. Because the guy's last night wasn't clear. He put it in oak, though. As uh, soon as it's oak, it picks up color. And, and, yeah, when you distill it, it, it's that. And and actually, they, they're they allowed to add caramel coloring to scotch. To okay. Because once you filter it, too. But it, anything that's distilled is clear? No, not necessarily. Depends uh, on what you're... How, how high of uh, alcohol content you're trying to get out of it. Okay. But the higher the, if you're doing vodka and things, yeah, it's going to be clear. It's going to be clear. But, uh, with a scotch or bourbon, you really want to try to pull it off. And it usually does come off pretty clear. Mm-hmm. And most of the color does come from the barrel. Okay. All right. So this was distilled from a pale ale. Yeah. Okay. We're going to give it a try. And it's, it's got a unique kind of, cause it tastes like hops and it's a really unique flavor too. If you distill hops. Here's yours, angry Daniela. And let me go get another glass. 
Oh, sorry. Did I give away the So while Dr. Scott is getting another glass, uh, I want to say that Fancy Moo Moo, um, so Osbrew, just did something great. He said he wants to ask another Stump the Brewer question. Uh And if the brewer gets it right, then he is actually going to donate 50 American dollars, right, Fancy, (laughs) to the Red Cross. To the Red Cross. Uh Which I think is totally awesome. That is very awesome. So the pressure's on now, Peter, (laughs) because you're talking about saving lives here, buddy. (laughs) Absolutely. All right. So we got to get all those dogs off Actually, I think it's a very interesting interesting question, too. So the question is, what brewery first used crown seals on the beer bottles? Oh, I knew this one. I was just talking to somebody about this. Uh I don't remember what it was. You think, and we're going to drink this schnapps. We'll give you a little time on that because this is important. It's best served at really cold like it is. It's really... You're trying to kill us, Doc. Slowly. Yeah. It does actually... Mm -hmm. Well, it smells like paint. Mm. Like hoppy paint. Yeah. Mm. All right, I'm throwing it back. Did you already taste this? You're not allowed to cheat, Peter. Ooh. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, I like it. I, <laughs> I had a stuffy nose. It's beer schnapps. Okay, so we just drank beer schnapps. I've that, never uh, heard of beer schnapps before. That's it, really great. It's quite strong. Yeah. Well, it's uh, it's 80 proof. Oh, that's mm. not that strong. It tastes... This is nice and smooth. It's and totally smooth. For schnapps, it's totally smooth, I think. Yeah. So mm. what is it exactly? Uh, basically, they, they, they brew a beer. And they run it through the just distiller, and it pulls off the alcohol, that's mostly, and, and a lot of the flavors. And that's all you wow. drink? Yeah. Well, it depends on where you cut it. If you cut it, you got to cut it early and late to get more of the, the flavor compounds. If you cut it in the middle, or it's, when it's coming across, it's all alcohol, mm. and then you just get vodka. So you want to get the flavor compounds coming through. <laughs> Is that like cut and crack and stuff, where some people just put baking soda in there? And no, that's just to boost the yield and, and, your, oh. and your, your return. Not that I've ever cut crack. How do, how do you know that, Doc? <laughs> yeah. I read. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <you do>. yeah. <laughs> the same way that Peter was brewing when he was 20. He yeah. brewed, yet he did not ever taste it. never revived. Not a drop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dad, well, you, how's you, this You can beer? brew at 18, right? Yeah, you can. It I, never I, came up. In fact, the owner of that particular, I was hired by the head brewer. Hmm. And the there was one night where we were working a late bottling shift. We were there till like two in the morning, just trying to get this order out. And at the end of the day, he said, "Good work, guys. You know, go in the back, take home a case." Mm. And I said, "Even me?" <laughs> yeah. And he, Why? Goes, he goes, "Well, yeah, go get one." And <laughs> I said, "Okay." Uh, you know, I'm not 21, right? And he goes, "Oh, yeah, don't do that." <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, and that was that was how the owner found out that his head brewer had hired an underage brewer. Right. And, I, and did I, I that cause, uh, did you then get yeah. fired the next day? Or no, what? no. He was, no, uh, I was just talking to somebody, <laughs> and about, maybe it was Jamil, maybe, but, uh, about you can brew it at, uh, 18. Yeah, that's, he was in here saying that. And, yeah. and you can, you know, like you can go you to, can't the, taste it. to yeah. the beer shop and it's buy so all you, the supplies sure. you want. You could be schlepping all the stuff around and making this and making that, but. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, did we find out if Code had never. Yeah, I'm writing. Still waiting? Long, long sentence. So I'm, I'm just writing it down for you. Okay. But Code already a, asked the question. Code asked the question and Crotch answered uh, sort of. And what he, they're getting at? Okay. No, no. The question, Daniela. The Ash question. Oh, that one. No, we're back in the crown label. The crown. Yeah. What about the, oh, crown, the crown question crown. from Code? 
And, and is he eligible? No, the the crown question was from Fancy Mumu, and he's gonna donate money if you do oh, guys don't okay. if oh. you guys get okay. it. Okay. Do you have an answer for that, Peter? I and do not. I'm, I'm letting don't. down all of the uh, the dogs and and just, hey, pets trapped on roofs. Just everywhere. guess, man. Just guess. I you wouldn't know, even know where to begin. You know, this is gonna be. You're not gonna be able to sleep tonight. A hippie like you, knowing that you just let down all those dogs. I would say when they burn all the stems, you know, they take the tree. They after they pick. Well, they you can lay dogs. ash too when you when you uh, plant the rhizomes. Oh, is it a fertilizer? Yeah, but, you, I but I don't know what percentage was what the question was like. What about? The, I thought the question for this particular one was the crown question. And we're back on the crown question. Yeah, he's trying to get away from that one. Yeah. The crown question is the save little puppies question, <laughs> right, Daniela? Absolutely. Okay. So Red Cross saving puppies is the crown question. And I have to say, you will have had to have not cheated to get this answer. No, I, I'm uh, I'm cheating my ass off and I can't find it. And you can't find it. <laughs> He's got a laptop in front of him. I'm sticking up for you, Oz. Don't worry. <laughs> but you can't find it anyway. I was cheating for the puppies. Yeah. It's for the puppies. I'm going to try to read this, but Daniela writes in hieroglyphics. So on account of the rapid ch- – is this the answer or the question? Is it the answer or the question? On account of the rapid change in the odor of hops, the recently dried fruits should alone be used. These may be recognized by the characteristics odor and distinctly greenish color. Hops yield about 7% of ash. None of that makes a word of sense to me. Did that come out of the chat room, or did you find that online somewhere? Chat room. That was the chat room. It's hard to elaborate in the chat room because yeah. you can't. You have to ask in choppy questions yeah. and choppy sentences. So they should call. We're just gonna. Yeah, you can call up if you want. Otherwise, we're gonna move on. Um, and coach just gave me the clue that he's referring to chemical constituents. 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 Chemical constituents of hops. Now you guys, do you know it or not? <laughs> I am so confused. No. Right now. no I, I don't even remember what the question is. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, you guys. Well, I don't know who stumped him. What, it was the ash, the ash was the question from Code. The, the Ash would be the stump. That but was it wasn't a question. clear question, well, Code. Yeah, and I'm answer. pretty sure we gave Code a prize. No, he didn't. It's in the mail or something. He so said he's never he's mail. never earned one. No, he says he has never won anything. He w- called in once, but he didn't win anything then. All right. We'll give it to him. He can have it. How about that? That sounds you good. You all right with that, Peter? That's fine with me. <laughs> Code, you know, you I would it. think... Uh, Code deserves it anyway. He helps us out. Mr. Moomoo out there would throw a softball question for all the stranded animals. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Selfish. Yeah. You know, that's a good point. Yeah. Peter. <laughs> so it's, hey, jerk, did... Got all those animals and just, <laughs> yeah. just threw them out the window. Yeah. That's how it's Peter's going to sleep tonight. Not an animal lover. <laughs> uh, I, I didn't ask the question, so I'll sleep fine. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Shall we taste another beer before we go? Because we're we're going to wrap it up. We've given away everything. Yeah, I've got and, my last uh, uh, last beer here is our uh, our Belgian ale. It's a strong uh, strong blonde. I like those. <laughs> it's not quite a triple. It finishes a little sweeter than a triple, so I'm not comfortable calling it that. So right, it's uh, a it's a double, a strong blonde. No, it's strong blonde. Strong so it's blonde. real light, like a triple. It finishes fairly sweet. 
Um, we brew it with coriander, and we use uh, in a 10-barrel batch or in a 20-barrel batch, we use 350 pounds of uh, organic cane juice, okay. which actually comes crystallized, which is the closest we can get to a Belgian candy sugar and still meet our organic requirements. Gotcha. And so, where are you putting that in? That goes right into the kettle. Okay. So... While we're pouring this, would you be willing to give away a recipe for uh, people to brew at home of, of a beer of no. your choosing? That might take a minute. Let me... Uh... That'd be okay. It's pretty much a rhetorical question because if you say no, we're going to berate you from now until you leave. I will. I can't guarantee <laughs> I can't guarantee that it will be one of our commercial beers because that would just take too much calculation in the short time to shrink it down. That's okay. It, one of, you know, even if it's a good homebrew that you've made that you really like, that'd be a cool recipe to give out. I make a uh, an ordinary bitter, or excuse me, a best bitter. That's one of my favorite summer beers actually. Okay. Because it's I'm trying to see if I have this on my uh on That's my cool. computer here. Take your time, we're going to drink your beer. It's Actually, uh, we've, I don't think we've ever given away a, a bitter recipe on here. No um, one's ever given that, so that'd be perfect. If you it's a good really one. nice one because it's really light, and it's it's not quite the lawnmower beer, like a light lager or or something of that nature that's just kind of poundable and cold. Mm. It still has <laughs> some flavor to it, but it's light enough that you can just – and it's light enough and it's low enough in alcohol you can drink it all night long. Okay. So it's it's the, the – it's – the definition of uh, session. of a session beer. I like that because I often end up drinking all night long, and uh, it's tough to find a beer you can do that with. You know what it, I'm saying? It's the difference between I, I don't walking think, and rolling. Yeah, all I, night <laughs> yeah. I don't really think it's bugged you that you couldn't find one you could do. That. <laughs> yeah, I'll just. All right, this isn't really one I can drink all all night long. I'll do it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Is what ends up happening. <laughs> the right. schnapps was good. I'm surprised you even drank it. Usually, like. I sipped it, but I'm not, uh, no, no. What do you guys think of this Belgian? I like it. It's, it's you're right. It, it's not as dry as a triple. Is there coriander in this? It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's kind of the same flavor profile. Yeah, and we get the coriander from the same spice shop that I was saying. You do. Uh, we do the gingerbread. Do you before. grind the coriander, or do you put them in whole? Uh, they grind it for us. Okay. And they move I through their... I can really taste that. Yeah, they move through, through their spices fast. This is one of the better ones I've had, I'm going to say. Yeah, Belgians are they're hard to do well and. Not to have them overly spicy and stuff. Is it that sweet profile that that you guys are talking that I'm tasting that you guys are saying it's not as dry as a as a yeah, triple because it's, it's left with that sweet taste? Mm-hmm. Okay. And then the coriander, you can really taste it. Coriander's kind of got a citrusy kind of taste to it. Take yeah. Another sip and, and run it past your tongue, and you really get the coriander off of it. It's that citrusy kind of flavor. Yeah. Mm. I have just started to enjoy Belgians since the Vinny show, actually, because he brought in those awesome ones. And one of the things I, I actually have trouble with is, is that the very dry finish on them. So this, to me, yeah. maybe that's why I think this is one of the better ones I've had, because I enjoy that little bit of sweetness to, to handle the, the bitterness, too. You know what I mean? You guys have no idea. What How I mean. old is this beer? <laughs> this one, probably probably, I just stopped listening. To I, you. Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. I was like, yeah, yeah. It's probably only a couple. You months. and the rest of our <laughs> listeners yeah. too. <laughs> yeah. Okay. How old is he? A couple of months. Turn couple off months. my own microphone. Yeah, that would be funny. Mute, mute yourself. I don't think so. Hmm. What was your gravity on the spear? Or play no or one can hear you. Um, this one is ten seven. I can ten seven. I'll actually, I'll actually do this recipe if you want. I can't find my best bit of recipe, so. You'll do the strong blonde recipe. Yeah, everyone needs a strong blonde around the house. It's nice. It's a uh, it's a great beer, especially for uh, I can think of uh, several lady friends of mine who are not fans of who don't like beer, mm-hmm. and they 
just go nuts on this beer just because it's sweet, it's strong, it's not, uh, it's kind of fruity. The yeast, the Belgian ale yeast throws some plum character in there, so. So let me get this straight. You bring over to your house women who don't like to drink and you get them hammered on this. Oh yeah. So here's a bear. Is it, that's what I heard anyway. Too. <laughs> not yeah, I'm not, not sure just, that's exactly not, how I would describe it. Right. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm All right, just, I, I'm there and I provide options. Yeah, God knows we like options. <laughs> yeah, whatever helps, man. Yeah. I'm with you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, go ahead. Give us that recipe. Uh, give it a little slow. We can do it all in uh, in percentage terms. Daniela, can you type this as he says it? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Try it. We can do this with percentages. That way you can, if you do 5, 10, or 15-gallon batches, you can just scale it wherever you want it. Okay. Uh, we do a 72.5% two-row. What? 72.5% sign? 2-R-O-W. Yeah, yeah. Two-row. Two-row. Two like R-O-W. This is never going to work. She can hardly speak English. <laughs> she says she's out of here now. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Go go on. You want that ride in the Hummer then, probably. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'll load it up. I'll, I'll take you home. <laughs> give, her yeah. some, give her some Belgian triple. 1.8% uh, caramel 60. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And 25.6% cane juice. <laughs> give, John, will you give her the microphone so we can hear this, uh, so the listeners know what's happening over there? Cane juice. C a n e. And if you want, you can use a light Belgian candy sugar. But like I said, we have problems securing that uh, and having it organic. Uh, the cane juice is still crystallized, so it gets kind of those same flavors. Going on. Okay, so regular, so cane sugar will be fine if you don't want to do it. Organic. I wouldn't use cane sugar because oh. you can get um, a real cidery character using that. Okay. Um, the cane juice, the first time I went and bought it, I was expecting to pick up buckets of it. Like, I was expecting it to be juice. Juice, juice yeah. yeah. It's actually crystals. Okay. So um, so that's what we use just because of our, our, our restrictions. Yep. But, like I said, if you use a light Belgian candy sugar, it'll it'll do the same thing. Which is beet, okay. beet yeah. sugar. Yep. Okay. Go on. And that's that's the malt bill. Okay. And then for hops, there there's – I'm trying to think of how to do this because – just tell them the IBUs and yeah. then, and then shoot for uh, twenty two IBUs. Okay. Huh? Twenty two <laughs> IBUs. I got that. Okay. That's what you're going for in your hop bill. By the way, uh, if you're not in the chat room, this is where it's all being typed. If you're not writing it down yourself, uh, and somebody can probably post it on the twenty two yeah. LB what IBUs. <laughs> oh, IB IB really IB. international bittering units. Ah, thank you. See, that helps. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and spell that hop. Stop. We want to keep her in the me, dark. <laughs> <laughs> no more elaborating. You don't even talk to me anymore, dude. Yeah, she's moving out. Yeah, <laughs> so moving out. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> John wants to know what's going on here. <laughs> okay. All right, go on. And probably, let's see. I'm not even sure how. To, I'm not even sure to, how to tell you how much coriander to use here. Some. We do. Yeah, some. It's a good amount. A pinch. Give me one second. I can do a quick calculation and figure it out per cool. gallon. It's tough with the coriander because. It's a flavor that's so borderline not good. It's pungent. <laughs> it's, it's pungent. Yeah. I grind it up and then you get that whiff in your nose. Yeah. But you like Belgians, John. And you're, you're saying I don't like it. No? I, Do you not like this beer? Oh, I like it, but I don't 
You like this one? I would use. I would uh, finish the beer with about four grams of coriander. Okay. In. Yeah, uh, four grams. Sorry, four grams per gallon. Four grams per gallon. Okay. That sounds like a lot to me, but what do I know? Oh, that's only. Eh, oh yeah, I guess you're right. You're right. Okay. I'm already being offered like bedrooms, by the way, like Justin. What'd you say? I'm already being offered bedrooms. <laughs> I bet you are. <laughs> far, probably far and wide, yeah. too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is that all with the coriander? That's it? Yeah. Oh, what about the hop bill, though? What kind of hops? Did we get into that? I use Magnum just for bittering. Okay. There's really no uh, there's no flavor or aroma. Yeah. It's all okay. the coriander in the finish. Really? The, okay. the Belgians will, will age their hops for so long. Mm. They'll age them for two, three years before they actually put it into their beer. So a lot of those aromatic qualities are gone. What kind of aging do they do? Just sitting in a warm room? Sitting in a, yeah, an open, let, warm farmhouse. They let it oxidize. No kidding. Yeah. They let it oxidize. Get nice and cheesy. Yeah. yeah. Nice. So I, 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 like I you. kind of yeah. circumvent that and uh, and just not use them. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay, so there you go. There, That's for a strong blonde. Not exactly a triple, but it's a Belgian for yeah. sure, and, and it's then a just strong blonde. Pick your favorite Belgian ale yeast. You can't get the one that I use because it's our yeast. So Okay. Um, you nice. know, pick an Abbey or a Triple or just something from your, your local homebrew store. Okay. There you something go. Something that'll handle a 1070 beer. Okay. Gotta be a big one. Yeah. Okay. Yep. It's good beer. Uh, what, so, uh, what, what, uh, temperature do you ferment at? Uh, we do 68. We actually do a little, a little colder than a lot yeah. of folks. So I've seen people that ferment these Belgians as high as 78 degrees, just trying to get that big fermentation character, but. Like I said, our beers, we, we really try and keep them balanced and keep them restrained mm-hmm. and uh, just keep them drinkable. So if we had the really harsh uh, clove phenolic or something yeah. in this beer, I, I think it would be uh, – I think it, it wouldn't be as smooth. So I don't, I don't think this beer would handle it. And, yeah. you, and you would probably lose all the coriander flavor out of it be, yeah. because the clove would just overpower it. Yeah. It's good. So this was something I was actually looking forward to talking about at the uh, the uh, Northern California Homebrewers Convention. Mm. Um, the the topic was supposed to be the future of brewing. And oh, okay. I remember when I was first working at that at the brew pub. It was in 1999, and I wanted to make a Belgian ale. Mm-hmm. And the owner just flat told me, he said, "We've made them. They don't sell." Ah. And I went to other breweries. I was traveling all over the country at that time, going to different brew pubs and stuff, and they were. Telling me the same, basically the same story. We right. make it and it doesn't sell. I like to drink it, but I can't, you know, I can't drink 15 barrels of Belgian beer by myself. Yeah. yeah. So, and I think it's me great. Me neither. Yeah. <laughs> it's we, a tall we challenge. We tried last night. Yeah. It's a tall challenge. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, I think it's great that, I mean, the Belgian's one of our regular beers. It's not a seasonal that we do. It's in our regular lineup and it's around and, and it sells fairly well. And I think it's great that, the the industry has moved in such a direction that I can make a beer like this and it's it's perceived yeah so yeah I actually uh, appreciate that about Vinny in what he's trying to do and that he's really making a whole lineup of these things and kind of at the risk of uh, obviously everybody knows he's he's pushing the envelope in that sense but at the risk of not selling any beer he's brewing several beers that uh, that people are saying don't sell. And that's helping people like you guys out. I was sitting at the bar. No, absolutely. Vinny was, he, he does some great, great stuff. And, uh, 
I was sitting at the bar uh, of his place, and you see these guys come in that are just total blue collar, just got off work. Uh, you know, you're, you, in, in my guys. mind, exactly. You're, right. you're, you're picturing them drinking one of the the big uh, one of the big beers. Yeah, and they sit down and they'll order damnation. <laughs> right. You know, they get and, and it's obvious at his pub because all the Belgian beers go in a chalice or they go in a tulip. I mean, they go in Belgian beer glasses. And yeah. These guys are coming in and they're drinking Belgian ales, and it's just fantastic. Yeah, so. that's cool. He's created his own niche up the world. there. Yeah. Which is what you got to do to to find a little something, <laughs> John. What's that? I like you. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> All right. About you. <laughs> so we ready to get out? Daniela has something to say. Go ahead. <laughs> Did you guys ever want to hear the answer to Fancy Moo Moo Pants question? Yeah. Yes. Oh yeah. Do you remember the question, yeah, Justin? Because you have a dumb look first, on your face. It was the first brewery to use uh, crown seals. Very good. Okay. And the answer is Forex uh, Castle Mine in, Brewery in Brisbane, Australia. Uh, now you guys know. Now we know. Now you'll never Painfully, forget again. But we know. <laughs> yeah, and all those little puppies are gonna die now. Yeah. Yeah. Puppies on roofs. Puppies on roofs. <laughs> <laughs> so everyone wanted to hear that song we played. Last. Not everyone, I'm sure, but I don't really want to do it. You know? No, no, we'll do it. We'll, we gotta practice. Get some real words to it. It's gonna be bad news it. if we do it. John's ready. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not ready. <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> do it. All right, here we go. John's going to do it for you. Beard Dork Song. Mm-hmm. The Beard Dork Song. song. <laughs> <laughs> you played it last night. Yeah, yeah, that this was, I was, I was drunk. This, we, we, we were really, everybody was into it. Oh, yeah, it would, sounded great last night. <laughs> <laughs> Although not to the camps next to us, I'm <laughs> sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you observed the posted signs that quiet time was after 8 p.m. Yeah, ab- exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We also observed things being thrown at us. <laughs> but what are you going to do? We were having a good time, and that's what I counts. I threw a rock at uh, Mike Bidol's tent last night. Yes, Daniela, do you have more you to say? You got up and out early. You just wave, uh, Daniela's waving goodbye to all of her friends at home. Um, and and believe me, you're her friends, not mine, you vultures. <laughs> <laughs> wow. We have our own like, bureau so, so public. <laughs> Just dishing it back. Yeah. Thank also, you. Beer Paul is the only person I don't like in a chat anymore. He just oh. call, he called me fat. <laughs> <laughs> I call you fat all the time. Well, you it's a difference because oh. you're stupid. But Beer Paul, I thought he was nice, but he calls me fat and that's just not okay. He called me a strong blonde. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't mean you're fat. Yeah, uh, I know what it means, dude. I know what strong means in America. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It just it doesn't mean you're fat. No, no, no. That's not what it means. <laughs> means you're a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's all right with that. That's pretty much it. Oh, wow. I feel like i got to give you the microphone here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you uh, to the chat room for hanging out as always and participating. I got a couple shirts to send out, uh, which means John has a couple shirts to send out. Uh, what's going on next week around here, John? Pacific Coast. They're Pacific coming, Coast. Yeah. You know, know the name of the brewery right off your end? I don't. I don't either. I, I stumped. Yeah. <laughs> I'm easily stumped these yeah. days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's your name? Peter could probably pull it up real quick. <laughs> yeah, could. That's all right. Uh, Pacific Coast but Brewery, the, and they're an all-extract all commercial brewery. Yeah. So I'm, actually, I'm excited about that show. Mm. I think it's going to be good. And is it next week that you're not with yeah, us? Yeah, I won't be here next week. Doc oh. will not be with us next week. So all right. I, I can cover. <laughs> oh, sorry, John. I didn't mean to laugh so hard. Yeah. <laughs> the whole studio did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, John will do just fine. 
and uh, one word answers. Yeah, what I do. Let's just say we won't be playing Beer Jeopardy next week, right? <laughs> I, I can call in. Yeah, maybe you should call in. Yeah. Okay, it's your birthday next week, right? Yes, it is. Happy birthday, happy early. Birthday, Thank you. Call us in. We'll make funny and say happy birthday. On the <laughs> sing, sing the beard, dark birthday song. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah. next week, Pacific Ridge, all extract commercial. So those of you extract folks out there like myself going to get a lot out of that show, hopefully. We'll see. Anybody, have you had any of their beer? Ever. Uh, I've, I've been, I used to go to their brew pub a lot. It's in Oakland. Oh, okay. Throw back a couple. I think, it would, I think it would cost more to run an extract brewery. I mean, well, his point is is that he doesn't want to put the money into the equipment to go to all grain because he's always kind of done this one. Yeah. Gotcha. It's faster too. Yeah, you don't true. have to wait for it to mash. Yeah, run off and stick to what you're good at, right? Too. Yeah, like they, if he's good at he doing makes it, some pretty good ones. So, so there you go. All right, there's plenty of stuff you can do yeah. without altering your grain bill that much, right? Sure. You know, yeah. adjuncts, for example. Do <laughs> <laughs> we, we even talk about that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Peter, uh, personally, I, I had a really good time uh, on this show. I appreciate uh, the organic deal that you guys are doing, and I also appreciate you guys making a bunch of weird stuff that that happens to come out good at the same time. Oh, cool. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. This has been uh, this has been a blast. Cool. Well, I hope you come back, uh, not only because of all that, but y- you know your stuff, man. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's ridiculous. I have so much useless knowledge rattling around <laughs> in his head that, that it's worth something for, right. if nothing, for bragging rights. Well, that explains why you are somebody's brewer at 20 years old. I mean, that's a, that's a success story right there. Um, so I think, uh, I don't know, I see good things for you and, and hopefully Bison as well in the future. I wish you luck. And hopefully you'll come back and hang out with us. Absolutely. Thanks a lot. All right. Cool. So there you go, guys. Uh, everybody happy? I'm happy. I'm Except happy. for Daniela, of course. Doesn't matter. She's just unhappy with you. <laughs> See, I called her a bitch, and she still loves me. Don't poke the bear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Doc, did you have to fight with your wife to get back here? You, you, sh- yeah. you came home from the from the festival. I came home. I had about two hours. Uh, I took care of the I, – I played with the boys and took them out and – Got them all tired and dirty, and then left, yeah. left, left, and came over here. You could possibly still make it to put them to sleep. So yes, I can. That that might make up for it, right? R- Read no. the story. <laughs> You're still in trouble. Still in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> all right, folks. We'll see you next week. It's been the Brewing Network. We've had Peter from Bison Brewing in Berkeley. Uh, you can click their link right off of our site. Uh, to check it. It's right on the front page. That'll be there for another few days, as usual. Or you can go to, I think, www.bisonbrew.com. Is that right? That's correct. Okay, you can check it out there. And it's a cool website because it describes a lot of their beers right there and uh, easy to use. So check them out. And if you're in the Northern California area, uh, you can do a tour right there in Berkeley. Yeah, uh, just call ahead, uh, look at the phone number off the website. Uh, we also have a blog that we started recently, too, talking about all the different festivals we're at and oh, cool. new beer releases and stuff, and it's just bisonbrew.blogspot.com. I expect to see us mentioned in that blog, Peter. Oh, I got my camera here. We'll get you guys in there. <laughs> <laughs> all right, cool. Oh, wait, we, uh, you have to say something like Peter Griffin. <laughs> yeah, you too. Did you guys see that? I saw that. I read that, and that man is absolutely right. Sometimes I sound like that idiot, Peter Griffin, on The Family Guy. If you haven't watched The Family Guy, watch it. One of the funniest shows on television. And I said the, the comment in particular they're saying I sound like him in is that I, I was talking about funny things and whether or not they're funny. And I basically said on one of our shows, uh, it's funny because I say it's funny. And if I say it's funny, it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, why? Yes. And uh, I do sound like that guy, actually. <laughs> some anger, man. Between him and that goober on Curb Your Enthusiasm, I'm a mess, man. I'm like both of them. You're awesome. 
but I don't care. Thank you, Daniela. Oh, Daniela wants to hurry up. Do it quick. Try to wrap it up. Daniela wants to measure our brewer's beer belly because we are keeping a running log so that next time you come on, Peter, uh, we'd a like belly to belly log. Yeah, we'd like to Blog. see some advancement in your in your growth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Basically, thirty-five. Thirty-five. Yeah. Thirty-five that's inches. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you don't think that's right, huh? <laughs> that's what, was, what was Vinny? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Vinny had he a nice one. No, he doesn't. You uh, don't look 39. Uh, I don't. Yeah, Thanks, buddy. Yeah. What did Sean have? Do you remember Sean O'Sullivan? Oh, you wrote it down, dude. Oh. I'm wearing a couple t-shirts <laughs> at the same time. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next week. Hey, Leila's a friend of mine, and I should like good body wine. Chocolate porridge, it out. Don't you know what I am talking about? Don't you give me that American cruise for the one of real home fruit. Don't you really love it? Homebrew can't get enough of it. Homebrew, it blows my mind. I love homebrew all the time. Yeah, I think I have it. Well, I have the one right now.